0: Your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on go to dobbs.com for money saver tire and service deals today. Dobbs with 43 locations, real deals are always close by.
1: Good morning everyone. Welcome to the Opening Drive on 101. 101- ESPN in St. Louis, Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Raiden character. great to have you with us. We are not on the YouTube today. Apparently the YouTube thinks that we are scofflaws. (laughs) (laughs) They they think that we're trying to imitate uh, somebody. I'm assuming they think that we're trying to imitate real ESPN, which we Uh, are not. We are 101 ESPN STL on the YouTube. But not today. Not today. Uh, so you can listen on the radio, you can listen on the app, you can listen at 101ESPN.com. You just can't watch us. You oh.
2: can't see our beautiful gonna be faces. Some, yeah, Brooke, it's going to be some people not well today. No. Just not doing well. <laughs> yep. It's going to be some frustration, some anger. You're going to get some texts. Show us your face. Show us your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? Yeah, there's going to be some people that are not thrilled hearing this news this morning
3: i will say cool. i did put in effort this morning to get ready i've been trying to do that ever since we put on you youtube on a,
2: a lovely dress your are just I uh, basically
3: i did like tv look like how go. i used to do you on tv full tv glam morning, and no one's gonna see it no one will ever know yeah You'll never no. know this is going to start a conspiracy theory, is what this yeah. is going to start. <laughs> yeah, everybody right. I'm loves my conspiracy theories. Suit this morning, <laughs> yeah. what a shame! I
1: am. I do for a sport coat. <laughs> uh,
4: we were just we, we Had no clue, yeah.
1: right? Right. right. Jeez. So, so anyway, no YouTube. But we we are going to talk sports. We're going to talk to Chris Kerber coming up later in the show. We're going to talk Ooh. to Nick Rigone. It's our first NFL Monday of the 2023 campaign. And how about our Redbirds winning two of three against the Reds, and just hang it in there in terms of the the race for. Fourth place in the uh, National League. We're sometime. fighting, man.
5: <laughs> uh, we're we're battling, pushing back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you, you, this trip now four and two, right? You go beat Atlanta a couple of times. You go beat Cincinnati a couple of times. All of a sudden, you're just sitting there, and you're only five games out of uh, fourth place in the division. You're rolling. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if rolling is the like five you're games out of Actually, yeah, we're, we're only three games out. Only three games out of out of fourth. But we're in last in the division.
6: We we we. I'm not sure.
1: 17 a games under 500. Yeah. It's All
6: September. Right. Yeah. But here come the Cardinals. And the tra-la, phrase tra-la. three games out of, doesn't end in the phrase wild card or division mm-hmm. or. Okay. I hate
0: that.
1: But here's. League. Some, league, but league, kids, league. Like league. You, bats, you say this. Home
6: field. You, uh, you home field
1: advantage. You're just. You're being. You're being somebody who's just negative. But Goose <laughs> would call you a negative <laughs> blanker blanker. Over the weekend, The Cardinals reached the point that they can't lose 100 games this year. That was,
2: now
5: that. Now, wow. Now, if you
1: want <laughs> sunshine lollipops,
3: <laughs> we got that. Yep, we do. Because that is what that is. Sunshine
7: yeah. lollipops and yep. green Everything one. that's wonderful yeah. is what I feel and we're together.
1: I can get behind that. Uh, They beat the Reds 9-4 on Friday, beat the Reds 4-3 on Saturday, and then uh, the Reds beat the Cardinals yesterday. We'll throw that one out, uh, 7-1 yesterday. And so the Cardinals are, are, they play Baltimore. They play the St. Louis Browns this week, and Adam Wainwright pitches tomorrow for the Cardinals. The St. Louis City SC side, our side for MLS, they had a 2-0, 2-0 lead last night at L.A. over L.A. Galaxy. Should win that game, but... Bad things happen. Can we blame this on Rock? You weren't here Friday. No. Rock called for
2: a draw. He
3: did. You're Rock, right. Rock
2: lot, literally called he, for a draw. He said, yeah, yeah it's going to be a draw.
3: Yeah. It, it, this is. And we told him he was being too negative. We did.
2: Mm-hmm. And he, he's clearly, he's doing a, a I said we should dance. bet the draw. Yeah. And that's why hey, I'm did, doing did, the shiny did,
6: dance. Did you? Yeah, Clearly. I'm just saying, Have you yeah. ever
3: heard of speaking things into existence, yes. Rocchio? Because yes. that's exactly yes. yeah. what you did yes. against not, your it's team. Not, it's not
6: real. The secret's <laughs> a lie. So oh, he's you, probably... You this, oh, yeah, wait Probably second. last <laughs> night, he, he's got his Apple TV
1: fired up, <laughs> oh, and St. City SC is up by a score of 2-0, and he's saying, go Galaxy, go yes, Galaxy. Yes, he was. Yes, he you was. Know, he's rooting for him. He's rooting for a dinner end to get, draw that red card. And then uh, he did. He, Brookie he spoke it into existence, mm. and mm. Uh, we mm. wind up in a 2-2 draw. On the pitch in LA,
3: at Dignity well, Sports Park. I guess if you're looking, we are doing sunshine and lollipops mm. this morning. Zhao Klaus
1: oh, scoring his yes. first goal since like yeah. March 25th, right?
3: 25.
1: Yes, yeah.
3: we are excited
1: about that. Oh man, it is uh, it is so great to see the Iron Horse back at work. <laughs> Randy, uh, what? Come on, what? Come on. <laughs>
2: He had a quad injury. He missed more time than Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like, well,
3: yeah, when you hear that, March twenty fifth, he I mean the Cardinals hadn't yeah. even started. That was a while ago. <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: A while ago. <laughs> a while ago. It's okay. But back. he was back and he scored. And that's what's important. He's gonna be back for playoff time. That's all that matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. well he's gonna be he's gonna be back for playoff time. I'm confident. I'm confident. Uh, Steve Flesh wins the Ascension Charity Classic, minus 19. Jay Delsing was terrific on Friday and then was in the hunt on Saturday. And then yesterday, our buddy, uh, he had a great time. I was following Jay around, and he said, man, I got off to a brutal start, but this is such a great event. I'm completely positive about the event. Felt like he was hitting the ball well. Just, yeah, you know, things weren't happening for him. So not a great scoring finish, but the right attitude for our guy and, uh, hey, he's playing on a pro golf tour in a pro golf event, which is pretty darn cool. And what can you... you can, what what complaints can you really have? No. And, Steve... And, by the way, the weather was unbelievable. It Congratulations was. to yeah. Nick Ragone and the staff on another spectacular uh, weather weekend and perfect weekend at the Ascension Charity Classic. Great crowds. The setup was fantastic again. And it really has become kind of the... The hallmark of the start of fall now on the St. Louis sports calendar, the, the Ascension has.
3: It is. It's just also just perfect weather, I feel like, every single year. And yep. hopefully you don't jinx it for next year, so knock on wood on that one. But uh, it was a great event. I went out there yesterday, followed Jay for a little bit. I really felt for him at the end there. But... It was just a great tournament. You see everybody walking around, really enjoying themselves. And how could you not? The weather was perfect. I even ran into Frank Cusimano yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't see you out there, but I ran into Frank Cusimano yesterday, too. So it was great seeing was he Frank. Doing the,
1: uh, Saturday, Frank was doing the, the Oh, oh did he yeah. caddy yesterday? Uh, uh,
3: there was a day that he caddied. Yeah,
1: well, that was in our Pro-Am. Oh, okay. That was uh, when we played on Tuesday. He was caddying for Paul Stankowski. But uh, on Saturday, he was doing the player introductions at the first tee. Oh, so I didn't
3: that see that. Cool. Yeah. Frank is everywhere.
1: He is. So Doing good, a lot. good job, Coos. Uh, over the weekend, college football, uh, Illinois played Kansas. Oh, oh no.
2: <laughs> Kansas played Illinois. Uh, Illinois didn't seem to make that
1: trip to Lawrence. Uh, 34-23 was the final score on Friday night. It was worse than that at one point. It was.
2: It was like 34-7. One of my friends who went to KU <laughs> sent me a screenshot. I didn't see it till after my game, but he was just like, oh, sorry, CD. No,
1: not really. He wasn't. It's unfortunate. Uh. That is unfortunate. That is not something that needs to happen, especially when you know the Lindenwood's going to go in there next year and beat KU in there. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's what they're thinking about. They were too focused on that Lindenwood game for next, next year, year that yeah. they weren't prepared for yeah. this past weekend. Yeah, wow. they,
1: they may not. Well, they didn't know that Lindenwood was going to lose to Semo forty-five-seven. Oh, was not great over at Semo. Yeah, so that was not great, uh, and that's why I was telling Matthew earlier, don't complain about a 23-19 victory in a football game. You take a win. A whip. win is a win. You take a win.
2: You however you can get it now. You don't want to beat MTSU uh, twenty three to nineteen. You you wanna the, the the what are the the Red Raiders? Blue yeah, Ra- Raiders. Blue Raiders. The Blue
3: Randy got to see blue the Blue Raiders, Raider in Texas person. State. Yeah.
2: Blue Raiders yeah. Of, of Middle Tennessee State University came to play.
3: The Middle Tennessee State the. University. <laughs> yes. The.
2: the one and only. But yeah, I I mean, they won. So they did better than Illinois did. So what can I say?
3: They did. It was just a little concerning at times because I, I, well, we had Mike Kelly on on Friday and he predicted that it was going to be really close at the end there and. He was right. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't expecting it to be that close. And that's nothing against my Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. But you saw that game against MTSU with Alabama. You saw the final score on that. MTSU was blown out. And then in the Mizzou game this weekend, it felt like it was too close for comfort. And there was times that Mizzou could have capitalized a little bit more. And they didn't. We were talking about it, Rocchio, before the show. I mean, Nathaniel Pete, I feel like you got to give him the ball a little bit more times.
6: Yeah, put the ball in the, in the hands of your playmakers. They've been doing it well with Burden this year. But when you when you see him getting an explosive play like that wheel route and then not really touch the ball much more than that, and you know, the running game right now has been the more consistent side of the of the of the football for or the of the offense for the Tigers. And so I'm not sure why you don't lean on that a little bit more. Cody Schrader's looking good too, so why uh, you know I mean spread it out a little bit more, I don't know.
3: Yeah, no, no. well, it was there, a there, there's, dogs, there's a lot of other Listen, little parts that they won. They did win. Uh, yeah, there was a. They, uh, but this is college in, football. We lost. lost. In, Illinois back in,
1: lost. Back in 2016, homecoming, Mizzou lost to Middle Tennessee State, oh, yeah. 51-45. That. So you take a win. There you go. You don't you don't throw wins away and say, you know what? I want something else. I, I don't want the win because ah. you know what the alternative is? It's a loss.
3: It is. And a loss would a draw, have been really, a really, really bad. Hurrah! A, <laughs> a, a draw.
1: That's an option. Draw. So, uh, with all yeah. that being said, Mizzou <laughs> two zero on the season. Coach Eli Drinkwitz, how close are you to being where you want to be? <sighs> oh, um, I think there's a
6: lot of things to work on. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pleased with you know some of the numbers. Right? I mean, we're seven for thirteen on third downs. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a turnover. We were three for three for scoring in the red zone. Um, but there's just so much to work on, you know. Lack of explosiveness uh, offensively, the the short yardage debacles, um, you know, missed extra point, it was tipped, poor protection, and then defensively, you know, things that we got to work on. So, um, you know, I, we'll hear it all week, and that's probably fine. We just can control what we need to control, which is improving. Uh, in preparing for a, a really good K State team, Big Twelve Champ coming in to our stadium. Appreciate the fans being sold out. They're gonna give us a huge advantage and and uh, we'll we'll be we'll continue to improve.
1: Hundred and thirty three teams in uh, the FCS Mizzou tied for first at two and 0 among those teams. And they've allowed twenty nine points in two games. That defense scoring defense is thirty second of the hundred
3: oh, and thirty three teams. Plenty
2: to work on terrible I guess.
3: Yeah, Amen. plenty to work the, on. CD, you were laughing that, at the beginning that, that. of that <laughs> answer.
2: Yeah, that to me
3: sounds <laughs> like a man that <laughs> is um, fatigued. <laughs> it's, it's the second game of the season, and was already sounding like that. And I just, I just want to know, maybe, maybe so, for some other Mizzou fans, is there concerns that come out of that? Because yes, you're right, a win is a win, but I think there's already been so much in. You just heard Eli Drinkwitz say people are going to talk about it all week. Well, people keep talking about things because of that quarterback competition that really wasn't exactly a competition he said it was going to be and then you have Brady Cook who is going to be your starting quarterback and maybe he will continue to grow in this role but also I think that people Mizzou fans at least were expecting this offense to take more of a jump forward and it doesn't feel like that so far through two games and Eli Drinkwitz even said that they weren't holding anything back he said that after that first game that they weren't exactly holding anything back but there was times where it felt like MTSU had everything to gain in this game of course, Mizzou had everything to lose in this game and one was really playing like that. MTSU being that team. And
1: I I don't think that Eli is being completely honest with you when he says says they haven't held anything back. I think that we'll probably see a few more wrinkles on Saturday against K-State. Meanwhile, you'd rather be 2 and 0 than 1 and 1, right? And Alabama is 1 and 1. They lost to Texas 34-24. Colorado, Coach Prime knocks off Nebraska 36 36- to fourteen, so Colorado is also two and zero, and they're the story of college football, are they not? Oh yeah, yes. they are.
2: Um, that Texas game, I told you all. Texas had an opportunity to win last year mm-hmm. in Texas had Quinn Ewers not got had not gotten hurt, and so the performance that he had, the receivers, the way that they played ball, um, that defe- defense, the way that they got after the quarterback, it was. It was impressive to watch yes. to watch Texas play in the manner in which they did.
1: Where does Arch Manning transfer to?
2: He doesn't. So here is the thing, and, and and this is what I love about you know just guys that don't mind competing. Quinn Ewers is probably going to the NFL after mm-hmm. this year. So Arch Manning is going to be your starting quarterback. It is there. There is no reason. There is no need for him to leave. The understanding and the respect for the game that Arch Manning and I am sure the entire Manning family has. Understanding, hey. You're going to have to wait a year. It's part of football. Even if you go to the NFL, you may have to wait a year. You may have to wait like three years like Jordan Love did. Who knows? It's under. It's not under your control. Just wait. Pay it. You know, stay locked in. You're, he'll get some opportunities this year to play. And next year, when Quinn Ewers decides to go to the NFL, he'll be the starting quarterback.
1: I wonder how good he is. Boy, we'll he, he better have a good year. We'll see. He's going to go to the NFL. It felt like it was
3: a weird weekend for the SEC in general. Do you guys see the Texas A&M game too? How that worked out for them? I did not. It did see not work out game. for them. No, I, I <laughs> did feel you? for Jimbo. You do? Why? No, okay. I no, I, right.
1: I actually, and Texas A&M people. <laughs> what? Uh, I I know a few Texas A&M people, and they hate the fact that I bring up that, in my opinion. They are the most tone-deaf athletic organization in college sports tied for first with Arkansas uh, because they spend a ridiculous amount of money knowing that they have no chance that that money is going to bear fruit. They are never going to beat Saban. It doesn't matter. You could pay Jimbo Fisher $900 million rather than $100 million, and he's still not going to beat Saban on a regular basis. And he's not going to, at the end of the day, even if they get to the championship game, they're going to beat Georgia. They're tone-deaf. Yeah, and they, last year
2: they had the highest-paid uh, NIL-paid yep, uh, yes. players in, and in the country. And they were under 500. Yeah. yeah. And
3: right. they have the facilities, and you mentioned the support. Arkansas definitely has a lot of that same support, to Jerry Jones, your favorite, mm-hmm. being one of them that uh, really bankrolls a lot of that stuff. I remember he would come in on a helicopter every once in a while mm. and just check things so, out. Jarrah
8: happy
1: this morning. His team beating the Giants last night if he missed it. 40-0. 40-0. What was I can't that? wait to talk to Curbs. I yeah. just got to know what time he went to um, sleep. There were uh, what time did you go to sleep
2: I watched the whole thing well I had some fantasy implications going on okay. so I needed to make sure that, that the Giants didn't score because I had Dallas's defense okay maybe, but, but I, I thought maybe the they Steelers did.
1: had caused you a sleepless Uh, night
2: yeah you know what uh that often (laughs) the funny thing about the Steelers is (laughs) everything that i said offensively that they shouldn't do they did did. uh, (laughs) the reason i thought matt canada wouldn't have a job after this year is uh essentially what they they, it was
1: putrid it was bad it was bad all right we're off and running here on 101 espn coming up what We Loved About the Weekend. Coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back
9: to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
7: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
8: Time for What We Loved About the Weekend
1: here on 101 ESPN. Number two. And guys, I was over in Columbia for the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee State, who have a—is that, uh, that a horse? It's. A, is is their mascot?
3: It, okay, first of all, uh, did you ever see the mascot prior, and were you surprised? Did you have an expectation of what MTSU's mascot would be? I thought and it would be, be like
1: Perl- a blue <laughs> Raider. I thought it would be like an Oakland <laughs> or a Vegas Raider. Oh no. It's a it's I Surprise be, you. a horse. Yeah, it's, did you see it? It's, I saw the picture that yeah, Randy Yeah.
3: Said. So it's basically kind of a interpretation on Pegasus, I don't know. There's okay. something like that. But its name is Lightning. Uh, I sent you guys a little blurb mm-hmm. about how they even came up with the Blue Raiders. And there was a competition, I guess a quarterback back in nineteen thirty four came up with the Blue Raiders, and uh he won five dollars for coming up with that mascot. Five, five last, whole dollars. Five whole dollars. So, but yes. I'll say this. <laughs> four, it was
1: For <laughs> Middle Tennessee State. And Oh, by the way. this uh, was a lot of money back then. People in St. Louis listen to this show and they say, oh, well, Brooke Grimsley went to Middle Tennessee State. Let's go watch them play. So uh, that was part of the big crowd. But there was a big, big crowd.
3: <laughs> no, I don't know if yeah, that was what it
1: was. A perfect night. And... They, they came away with a victory, but I love what Desiree Reed francois has done with mm-hmm. Mizzou Athletics in getting people into the buildings, whether it's football, basketball, wrestling, uh, men's and women's basketball, even better crowds of baseball, but specifically football because that drives the bus. And the excitement around Mizzou football is really heartening and cool to see and Even though it wasn't the 56 to nothing victory that Matthew expected. It was a win, and it was exciting, and people had a great time.
3: And that's also a credit to Eli Drinkwitz and what he's done. His recruiting abilities has made things a lot more exciting, I feel like, for the fan base, at least invigorating. And also Dennis Gates, what he's done with the basketball program. I mean, you've had more people show out to those games.
1: Yeah, it's been great. And by the way, uh, I heard over the weekend that uh, apparently he's got a line on another five-star to commit. So
6: we'll see. The line was 20 and a half. And they won by four. So you are... You hold your horses? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Maybe. Slow it hold down. Your yeah, hold, <laughs> you, hold your blue
2: Raiders. Hold your blue Raiders. He you.
1: doesn't like... He obviously have money on the game. Because I... Uh, you, what I what took I the is, line, remember? Yeah. Uh, what I care about is getting the W. That's and all that matters. Matthew is much more interested in style points. He would rather lose a game pretty than win a game ugly. I t- I'll take the W. Sydney Dean. Yeah. Like primetime. Yeah.
3: My number 2 thing this weekend guys is going to be the Ascension Charity Classic. Randy you mentioned yesterday it was a fantastic weekend over there. Congratulations to Steve Flesh. I think he set a course record mm-hmm. yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then finished 19 under for the tournament. Yeah, ridiculous. So, yes. Congratulations to him. But I just always love going out to events like <laughs> this. And the Ascension Charity Classic, since coming into town and what they've done with it, not only does it give back to community and you've seen that being put into work, but the way that people show up for the events, I think, says so much about St. Louis, the best fans, not just in baseball, but in sports in general, about how they support every single sporting event and show out in Big numbers, yeah, nice. it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I agree. I was driving past it on Saturday, saw how many people were there, and and it's a, it's a it's a great event. Uh, Nick and his his guys, his people, do a great job putting it together, and it's good having all of those great golfers here in St. Louis. Fantastic. Yes, my number two is the opportunity for all of us to see potential Heisman quarterbacks so early in the season. You got, we talked about Quinn Ewers, who is 609 yards, six touchdowns, beating Alabama in Alabama. You talk about Shador Sanders, who is 906 yards and six touchdowns, 2-0, and beating up on Nebraska this weekend. Uh, it, you know, the, the the transfer from Jackson State, people saying that he would not have the talent nor the ability to do so. He's showing out. And then let's not forget about the actual Heisman winner from last year in Caleb Williams, who has 878 yards and 12 touchdowns in the first two games. If you didn't get to see Caleb Williams play, uh, was it Cal last night? Stanford, Mm -hmm. excuse me, Stanford uh, Saturday night. You should watch because that USC team is electric. They got a kid named Zachariah Branch who is lightning in a bottle. This is going to be a really good season. It's going to be a really good season for Heisman quarterbacks. This is this potentially could be one of the the, the best quarterback drafts if all of these guys decide to leave uh, that we've had in a few years. So it's going to be fun to watch these guys just get after it each season, each game, and hopefully, I don't know if Colorado can make it up that far, but I know USC and Texas could potentially be in that Final Four. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be really
1: good to watch these guys play all year. Number one. Guys, we've talked about this a lot over the course of the season, but Wilson Contreras had home runs in each of the games over the weekend. Five for 12 against the Reds over the weekend. His OPS over the course of the last week is about 1.3. And he's everything offensively that the Cardinals thought when they signed him to the contract. And legitimately, he is delivering numbers this year that would, say that, okay, he can be a DH. 256, 19 home runs. He's driven in 64. His OPS on the season is 808, slugging 459, and that's with a really horrible month folded in there. He is a legitimate hitter, and for all of the struggles that the Cardinals have endured, he's a guy that throughout the season has been there and Number 1 exhibited a great attitude through all the losing and all the the naysaying on the part of uh, even people in his own organization but he continues to produce offensively and it was a really good weekend and I love seeing it.
3: I do too. Wilson Contreras the story the way that he's changed the narrative I think says so much about him because in that situation I get he's a professional athlete and so you could say well you're getting a check so of course you should show up every day but not everybody handles that situation as well as he did and the way that he's been able to change that narrative get away from it he didn't get involved in the finger pointing which is something that could have really derailed things even more in that clubhouse but instead he didn't do that and just continue to focus on himself work through it I think says a lot about him and to me, that's a Cardinal that I want around.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, he. We, we talked about his professionalism, just the ability to show up every single day, despite all of the things that are going on around him, still have the fire, have the passion. Yeah, You you, you hit the nail on the head. You can say, well, you're getting paid. You should do it. But this is talking. we're talking about someone's livelihood, yes. how they go about their their job. And so to deal with all of the things that he's dealt with this season and to continue to push through, I think has been amazing.
3: My number one thing this weekend, guys, is is going to be Coco Goff. Did you guys see her win? Her first Grand Slam this weekend. She at 15 years old, was already being anointed as like the next great American tennis star. And it was just very fitting that her first Grand Slam title is the U.S. Open. So she is the youngest (laughs) American woman to win the U.S. Open since Serena Williams back in 1999. I'm getting like chills just talking Mm -hmm. about this right now because you guys know I'm a tennis lover. I grew up watching Venus and Serena. They were my inspiration. I specifically remember watching Serena growing up and saying, I want to hit like her so then I I wouldn't even focus on endurance when I was playing tennis. I was like, I just want to hit hard like Serena. Like, she was my... Idol growing up and still is. But to see Coco Goff, just the way that she handled this whole U.S. Open, there was drama in that first round. She rose above it. She stood up for herself. She continued to power through. This is a huge, huge start to what I think is going to be a very long and great career for her. And for another American tennis star to rise is really exciting for me because I want people involved in tennis. It makes me sad. I do like pickleball. Okay, nothing Mm -hmm. against pickleball, but it does make me a little bit sad when I see more people playing pickleball than tennis and typically when you have more American stars then you see people getting back into tennis you see younger athletes get into tennis so I hope that them seeing Coco Gauff and how she goes about her business will kind of spark the next generation of tennis players and she's just also just strong but humble she still lives with her parents and I thought that that was just really cool and she spoke about how her dad and you saw that there was a video that ESPN put out her dad took her to see Venus and Serena when she was a little girl at the U- U.S. Mm. Open, so it was just a full circle moment cool. for that to happen.
6: Very nice. And
1: by the way, uh, Djokovic <laughs> is a jerk.
3: Nah. Right. Okay, <laughs> you said it. I didn't say it, so that's. <laughs> I'm I'm a Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer fan, so. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because they have class.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. My number one is just the NFL weekend in total. It, it was, I mean, it, we got one more game tonight, obviously, but the start of it, the the Lions versus the Chiefs didn't go how most people expected. The Lions were able to pull that victory out. The game, the, the Chargers versus the Dolphins was an an, a, an exciting game to see Tyreek Hill, who I happen to have on a couple of fantasy teams, Yeah, go off in the manner in which he did. Tua go off in the manner in which he did. It's just football is back and I couldn't be happier.
3: It is The NFL season so far has been maybe full of surprises or at least how people thought some things would go. Because I know that we had somebody in here who thought that Dan Jones was going to be the MVP. That O-line. That in in one game, game,
1: one game. (laughs) Randy. It'll be a great comeback
3: story.
2: Seven sacks, eight sacks? Seven sacks. (laughs) That's not his fault.
3: That's terrible.
2: They looked they, they, they look they really bad. bad.
3: Yeah, and Tua is my quarterback in our fantasy league, and I was like, wait, who has Tyree Kill? So I started oh, yeah. searching, and then I was like, oh, there's CD with Tyree Kill. Yes. Weren't you predicted to have, like, the worst? Like, didn't Yahoo say yeah, that you had, like, the worst team or something like play that? play the game
2: on paper, bro. There you go. <laughs> oh, I have J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going for you? is that great? Yeah, this is, whew. He, he, I feel, when people, he, he's one of those guys, ACL now, torn Achilles, he's one of those guys that just, for whatever reason, his body is failing him. Yeah. It's so. unfortunate.
1: Those are three things we loved about the weekend. Actually, two things each, but six things total. What we loved about the weekend here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, NFL Week 1 does wrap up tonight, but we've got NFL 4 Downs coming your way on 101
0: ESPN. The smartest way.
1: It is time for four downs from the National Football League. Week one Sunday games are complete. Obviously, we will finish up with Monday Night Football tonight here on 101 ESPN. Seven fifteen kickoff, as you will be able to hear it here. But it's time for first down. All right, kids, I sent you the text yesterday, so everybody in the room knows this. The most overrated person in the history of sports is Bill Belichick. After the loss to the Eagles yesterday... Belichick, without Tom Brady as his quarterback, is 79 and 89. That's without Tom Brady as his quarterback. Rex Ryan, apples to apples, without Tom Brady as his quarterback, has a winning percentage of 480, 61 and 66. Jeff Fisher, without Tom Brady as his quarterback, is 173, 165, and 1 for a five twelve winning percentage. For all the accolades, for all the hype that Bill Belichick gets for being great, he is exclusively a product of Tom Brady and getting lucky by t- drafting Tom Brady in the sixth round in 2000. There's no other reason that Bill Belichick is employed as an NFL coach in 2023 other than the fact that he had Tom Brady as his quarterback.
2: I mean, that helps. <laughs> He's had some, some really good players in his coaching career not just as a head coach but as a, as a defensive coordinator. He got a
1: guy named uh, Lawrence Taylor
2: who was that kind of pretty yeah. pretty, yep. pretty outstanding yep. as well. I eh, I, you
1: know. I I look at Joe Gibbs winning 3 Super Bowls with 3 different non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I look at Bill Parcells being able to win with Sims and Hostetler and then go to Super Bowls <laughs> with uh, a Super Bowl with uh, Drew Bledsoe. I look at even a uh, guy like Dick Vermeil, who went to a Super Bowl with jo- Ron Jaworski, went to a Super Bowl with uh, Kurt Warner. And Ron Jaworski's not a Hall of Famer either. I think there are numerous other coaches who have done a better job rather than l- relying on one guy. Heck, Tom Flores won two Super Bowls with uh, a non-Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I think he he's he's overrated.
2: Okay, oh. there we go.
3: He's a, oh no, we can't we, clap we to that. Yep. Oh, well, You did don't want a- to give him a break. He's going through a really bad breakup right now. Did you oh, guys see that? that? Is, there is that reports is him madness. and his longtime girlfriend mm-hmm. are going through a very tumultuous breakup. Maybe and, that's what's going on. Is
2: it more concerning that they're they don't want her to? release whatever information she has. I saw like, that. What does she know? I would,
3: I would love what, what to know. What are you
2: know. afraid of <laughs> yes. that your head coach is doing that his longtime girlfriend, yeah. you you don't want them to break up because she He's... may have a tell-all?
3: There's he... a. There's something there, yeah. right? Oh, there's
2: no question. That's yeah. kind of strange. Yeah, it's very weird, I don't actually.
3: Know. Robert Kraft gets crafty with those things. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe he'll know. figure it out. Oh. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but you know what? At least... You know, Bill always looks really nervous and uptight on the sidelines. At least at least Kraft has found an outlet to relax a little and bit.
3: And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe ah! maybe that's what it is. Their yeah, well, okay. their secret secret well, okay. thing. So <laughs> yeah. you
6: did there. <laughs> the ball was in the air for a while and I was like, is anybody going to come up with yeah. There's Randy Ricky Proll back in the end zone, baby. <laughs> yeah. He did it. Good job. Uh, Second down? Second down. Oh, there it is.
3: Mine, guys, of course, we got to talk about my Tennessee Titans. I don't. If you didn't watch that game, I don't blame you because the final <laughs> score was 16 to 5. Oh, they man. lost to the Saints. But hey, guys, listen to this. It was a playoff performance from Ryan Tannehill. Oh, no
2: question. <laughs> now, that sounds
3: positive, but CD, you know what I'm getting I at. I know exactly what you're I'm getting at. Because I'm referring to his playoff performance oh. in January of last year against the Bengals whenever he threw three interceptions. He did that again in this game against the Saints. So that's what I mean by this is playoff peak Ryan Tannehill, exactly what he typically does. Three interceptions, uh, his final numbers, 16 of 34 passes for 119, 198 yards through the three interceptions. Um, he struggled to get on the same page with DeAndre Hopkins, which is concerning because that was supposed to be a mm-hmm. big thing for the Titans. And two of those picks that I mentioned were meant for Hopkins. It was just a really brutal game for the Titans to watch and hard to watch because there was so much anticipation about like a new play caller, new offense. But then you were also, I was at least worried about Ryan Tannehill still being the starter starting quarterback. And that didn't put my fears at ease, guys.
2: When I'm watching that game with with the Tennessee Titans and the New Orleans Saints, I'm I'm watching it and I'm realizing why the Tennessee Titans went out and drafted two quarterbacks in back to back drafts. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. That, yeah. it, but the fact that they aren't playing and he is, it's got to be troubling if you are a Tennessee Titan fan. Three interceptions, as you said, just it, it didn't look. You lose that game sixteen to fifteen. Three, I mean five field goals by your kicker. That is not <laughs> what you want no. from your football team, man. Like, what are we doing? It. it, it I talked about the great football weekend. I left this yeah. game out sp- specifically because sixteen to fifteen is not ever. A score that I think I would imagine happening in, no. in in the NFL.
3: I'm glad you didn't bring that game up because it was. it was it was not a good game of football. I don't know, maybe. And I'm trying not to get like too worked up because it is just one game. But Ryan Tannehill just I, he chokes. It feels like in like big moments, yeah, or even this is wasn't, wasn't even a big moment. It was just the first game of the season. Yeah. Please don't throw three interceptions. What was that?
1: Let's what? get Will Love Leav- Will Levis. Let's get, him warmed get up. Mayo Boy yeah. in. Get, warm, get yes. him warmed up.
2: Uh, Third down. I could pick so many games, so many good performances. I could pick some really bad performances as well. Jordan Love, a guy that we we talked about uh, replacing Aaron Rodgers. This is their third quarterback, I think, since that it started a game. Been an open day started since 1992 Mm -hmm. with Brett Favre and and Aaron Rodgers. And so, to me, what he did on Sunday, what he's going to do, I knew – I felt it. I, I I knew that that was part of the reason why the Packers were so eager and so willing to let Aaron Rodgers walk because they knew they had something in store in Jordan Love. Uh, 15 for 27, 245 yards, three touchdowns, and just runs the offense in the manner in which you need him to. He is not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be Brett Favre. He's going to be Jordan Love, which may be good enough. If you look at the history and, like I said, what they've done these last three quarterbacks that they've had, I don't have any any reason to believe that he won't have just as much success, maybe not to the degree of Aaron Rodgers because he's a four-time MVP, but Jordan Love is going to be just fine in this offense. This team is going to be okay. And when you see what the what the Minnesota Vikings did losing mm-hmm. their game, yeah. you see that they beat the Bears. The Detroit Lions are are going to be a threat, but this Green Bay Packers team in this NFC North – could potentially win this division, and it may not be close.
1: And, oh, by the way, Love did not have Christian Watson to throw to, and then uh, Aaron Aaron Jones got hurt later in the contest. But if they get everybody together, they could be, as our buddy Steve Savard used to say, a snootful.
3: (laughs) Oh,
1: man. They are going to be a really good team, and it was fun to watch them.
3: That is good. Do you think we're going to get revenge, Aaron Rodgers, tonight after seeing that performance from Love? I don't know
2: what to expect. I don't know either. I I, I, I really have no clue – what to expect about this Jets team? I'm, I'm just I'm waiting and seeing. I, I I think the Bills may win tonight, but I, I don't know what to expect for the entire season for these Jets.
3: Yeah, I I'm worried because that's I'm in order for me to win in our fantasy. I need Aaron Rodgers to do villain revenge. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. Peak performance it. there.
1: Aaron Rodgers, uh, darkness retreat.
3: Yes. Fourth
1: down. All right, guys. Uh, by the way, we should pay attention to history. History is always a good thing, especially when it's happening before your eyes. Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers is the first quarterback, first quarterback in NFL history to win each of his first six career starts and throw at least two touchdown passes in each of them. He's also the first quarterback in NFL history with a passer rating of 95 or higher in each of his first six career regular season starts. This guy was Mr. Irrelevant last year and now has, at least in terms of wins and losses and passer rating, the best six-game start in the history of the league. Better than Marino, better than Roethlisberger, better than Manning, better than Manning, better than Brady, better than Warner, the best. Better than Holmes. I, I intentionally didn't bring this team up because of
2: what they did to the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. yesterday. Brock Purdy <laughs> is going to be—I I mean, you got Brandon Ayuk, you got he, who scored two touchdowns? Yep. You got Debo Samuel, you got George Kittle, you got uh, Christian McCaffrey. You have so much talent. Mm-hmm. On this offensive side. And then you got one of the best offensive lines, the best out. Trent Williams is a nine-time All-Pro. He, he, they are loaded offensively, but the defense may be more scary. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa coming off the edge. Fred Werner, who hit <laughs> Najee Harris so hard one of the first plays of the game, it left me wondering if they even practiced last week because there's no way you leave Fred Werner unblocked. It's just, it, it, they have so much talent on this team and Randy, you know, just like anybody, when you have a young rookie quarterback still on a rookie contract, how much you can disperse that money to other positions, and when your quarterback is young and he's playing this well, they are going to be out. They are my pick on the NFC side to come out and win and, and make it to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, they're scary they, for everybody they yeah. play. Yeah,
3: I think you you hit the nail on the head there with Nick Bosa, and what that that contract worked out for them, yeah. and it, it showed that it was worth it. It paid off. I know there's still the rest of the season, but still, and Brock Purdy I I didn't know. I didn't know what to think. I, he was one of the quarterbacks where it's like maybe that was just, you know, something that he wasn't going to be able to build off of what we saw before. But, I mean, he looked fantastic. And you mentioned all the offensive weapons. That team looks scary.
1: And this shows because Kyle Shannon's a good quarterback guy, right? He can scout him. He can coach yeah. him. They gave up. Three first-round picks to go get Trey Lance with the third pick in the draft, and they took this guy with the last pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah. That shows you how fickle that position is. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and uh, one other note: Bill Hillgrove, the voice of the Steelers, I was listening to their game on Sirius XM as I was driving around a little bit yesterday. He said the Steelers brought their JV today.
2: Yeah, buddy, <laughs> that was. They didn't get a first down, uh, a first down in the game until like the last two minutes of the first half. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. It was yeah.
1: That's, uh, sorry. I don't I, 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 I didn't play. <laughs> you would have been mad. I
2: would
9: have been livid.
1: <laughs> That's four downs from the NFL coming up. Take it or leave it, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, three one four three nine nine, nine six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho by the way, I'm I'm pointing look, at the camera that isn't at, yeah. even working. <laughs> uh, we aren't on the YouTube today because our account apparently got suspended for impersonating somebody. ESPN, maybe? Ourselves. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so uh, YouTube, come on, we aren't trying to impersonate anybody. We've got a real, authentic radio show going here, but uh, we still that's need your got tests, us.
6: huh? That's where they got us. What? Uh, We're the, impersonating a real show. Oh, there you yeah, go. That's, that's the what problem. it is.
1: Take it or leave it is next on 101 ESPN.
7: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It.
9: Want to say something?
7: Want put it out there?
1: Text in right now, 314-399-9646, 314 399 ho We don't have to do the arm thing, yeah. but we do anyway. We are. Because we do aren't you? on the YouTube. Uh, yeah. we, but we'll hopefully be back tomorrow. All right, take it or leave it, guys. Justin Jefferson, with a huge day yesterday, continues an incredible start. He had nine receptions for 150 yards and has nine career games with at least 150 yards receiving, surpassing... Randy Moss and Jerry Rice, a couple of pretty good Hall of Fame wide receivers for the second most by a player in his first four seasons in NFL history. Only Lance Allworth in the old AFL had more. So nine career games with at least 150 receiving yards in his first four seasons, passing Moss and Rice. Take it or leave it, especially with a guy like Kirk Cousins throwing to him. By the end of his career, we'll think more highly of Justin Jefferson's career than Moss or Rice.
3: Oh, Oh, I'm going to have to leave that. I'm going to have to leave that. Moss, like you're going
1: to he's off to a better start. At yeah. that age. He also, by the way, became, uh, at 24 years, 86 days old, surpassed Randy Moss as the youngest player to reach 25 career games with at least 100 receiving yards. Youngest, gotta, younger. You know, the, but Moss, I think, went to five years of college, right? Because he did Florida State, uh, Notre Dame, all that stuff before he went to Marshall. So he started younger. But four seasons, though... the Justin Jefferson has done um, more in his first four seasons. And by the way, th- at the beginning of his fourth season than Moss. I think Randy was 21 when he got into Okay. Leave. I'm
2: pretty sure he was. Um, but I, I got to leave that. That, yeah. that, that. that. Those are a, some guys. Moss, <laughs> Moss. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I think yeah. Moss in first... 10
6: years, we can revisit yeah. this. I, 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 you what right it now, Cousins throwing to he
2: him. He is. He is. Uh, we, uh, we'll have to revisit that in. Five to ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't say it right now. Those guys. That's That's a, I, that, leave I it. Leave Take it, it or leave it. leave it. it? Yeah. Leave okay. it. <laughs> so Joe Burrow had the lowest passing yardage of any starting quarterback on opening day weekend. Well, we still got one more game, but I'm 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 highly sure that Aaron Rodgers and uh and and Josh Allen are going to throw more than 82 yards tonight. Take it or leave it. Joe Burrow still finishes with the most passing yards in the league this year.
1: Oh, I'm going to leave it only because we still have Patrick Mahomes playing. Who is he throwing the ball to? It doesn't me matter. Me and you? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be.
3: At this point, right you might as well yeah. call somebody from the catch stands. Me. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. catch
2: it and fall down. I, I, I won't get you any yak. I, I, I'm going to catch and fall. Okay. I will catch it, though
3: follow-up question is there something that gives you hope because i didn't have much hope for that i get it was like the first game of the season but there was a lot of concerns that there, i had this with is Bengals. you don't have me
2: i wouldn't have any concerns he he started off slow last year last year against the uh, against the cowboys they they stunk it up he he didn't play in the preseason for the third year in a row we talked about the importance of guys playing in the preseason and how it's yes. hard to figure out who is really good and who's not because this essentially is the fourth preseason game of what would be I wouldn't have any concern with it. By week two, or week three, or week four, he'll be rolling. Uh, that offense will be rolling. He looked sluggish though. He yeah. looked really, yes. he looked really slow out there.
1: And he spotted. Tua about 400 yards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Tua's got 400 yards. In That's
3: okay. I like how we're all doing NFL right now. So I'll so I'll, I'll stop talking about the Titans after this because okay. it was so bad. I should be talking about this much, but this is funny. Take it or leave it. The Titans should just go Wildcat the rest of the season with Derrick Henry. Thank you. That, My yeah. God, just give <laughs> Derrick Henry the ball. The I ball. mean, if Ryan Tannehill, if you're just gonna stick with him as your quarterback. I mean, Derrick Henry is the engine of the Titans offense. Just give him the freaking ball. Or
1: just put Willis at quarterback and never call a pass play. <laughs> there you go.
6: <laughs> just, but you have he
1: had the opportunity
6: to pass. <laughs> with yeah, him. You, do. you You can. Tim Hill played wide receiver.
10: He, he didn't did. He make things happen Let's here. Just, yeah.
3: Let's just yeah, just go it, wildcat the rest of the season with Derrick Henry. I'm just tired of it. I it's, think it'll be fun. it's so bad. Rabel's creative. Tough. He can do that. Yeah. That's
6: tough. All right. Uh, Matthew, what do we got on the text line? Take it or leave it. Mizzou loses by at least 20 against Kansas State. Leave Ooh.
3: it. Oh, by at least 20. 20.
1: Take it. Yeah. Oh, take uh, it. no, they aren't. The yeah. Mizzou's gonna win that game at home. You think? Yep.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> Revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: gonna have to <laughs> wait, wait, let's I'm do. gonna was it take it for twenty points or? twenty
1: points, yeah. The Mizzou loses by at least twenty. Oh. Um
3: Yeah. <laughs> I might have to take that after hearing that. That's my that's my <laughs> you cut that out for me.
1: Oh. Um
2: <laughs> it's, I it's,
3: mean, it's the raspberry
2: it's Oof Um,
1: um and
3: It's like all <laughs> it's four <great>. Like <laughs> one That doesn't make You look great after that So that's why Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna say I mean Things are that. gonna go well For him Let's do with this next game
6: <laughs> Taking or leave it. Jefferson might catch them In yards But he'll need some Super Bowls To pass Rice Yeah I'll take that yeah. He doesn't have Well Randy doesn't that. have any Didn't win any No
1: Jerry has a Super Bowl MVP Jerry is spectacular He was next the level. best
6: uh, that goes to show you, you can still run a 4 six forty and be good. Take it or leave it with uh, these bases, Vince Coleman would have had 150 in a season. <laughs> take it.
2: Um,
1: well, 180.
2: Yep. He had 150. Oh. Didn't yeah. he have 150?
6: How many? No, His
1: all-time record was 110.
2: How many did Ricky have?
1: 130.
2: Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah but we oh, well, And the Ricky, way that the, ba- the game, because you can only throw over twice. And God, the those guys people, are taking off. Yeah, they're going. Yeah, what do they, you think
3: is a player that Vince Coleman would like? Who's now? Yeah.
1: There's nobody. We don't have Vince Coleman in baseball now. Or Ricky Henderson. Any, um,
3: even like maybe like a maybe a little close? Anybody?
1: Um, well, see, Acuna is for too much power. But Vince.
3: Was, that was the first person that I was thinking of. Yeah,
1: it, from a base stealing yes. standpoint. Mm-hmm. But he's going to finish with 70, 75. Vince came in every year knowing he was
6: going to get 100. Hundreds stolen bases. By the way, I just got this text uh, from two p.m. I uh, guess mm-hmm. so. That's when you'll be able to hear this take live on the air from Andrew Marsh. Take it. After seeing Mizzou live, I can guarantee they're going <laughs> to get absolutely smoked next week. <laughs> Good job, Marshy. <laughs> appreciate you listening.
1: So that's so he would not uh, he would not like to listen or to or appreciate Nick Saban, uh, who <laughs> is a big believer that every team's game and every team's play takes on a life of its own. And so, Marshy would—he doesn't believe in such things as upsets, which I'm kind of happy about because he still thinks the Rams won Super Bowl 36, which is a good thing.
6: <laughs> also,
2: uh, he's that got like that, that didn't go that way. It didn't have, it didn't also, go that he's, way. he's got like
6: a four percent chance to beat me in fantasy tonight, so he really needs to—he yeah. really needs to believe in upsets. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. After the terrible per- performance from the Steelers this week, they will finish the season above 500. Still, take Thank it. You.
1: Yeah. It's Dude, one game. Mike Tomlin's never finished below yeah. 500. He doesn't do that.
6: It's one
2: game, but it was it was when you're looking at that game and looking at how they performed offensively. I, defensively, I thought the defense played pretty well, despite giving up 30 points. I, I thought that they they fought their butt off. Offensively, it was
1: terrible, man. It was tough. Is there somebody we can give those play calling duties to? I mean, nice, Randy. Yeah, there's a few people. Somebody.
6: Call some plays. Make some things happen. Okay. Take it or leave it this year. Super Bowl seems to be Cowboys versus Dolphins. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that. That. It's That's 1975 that. again. <laughs> I
2: don't even funny. know if the Cowboys are good. I know the what, what I learned from that game. The Giants are terrible. <laughs> Their O-line is, oh my God. I don't even know if the Cowboys yeah. are really good. Defensive. Now, no, the defensive line and linebackers for yes. the Cowboys
1: probably are really good. So I was playing in uh, the pro am, the Ascension mm-hmm. Pro am last week with Paul Stankowski, Dallas guy. I said, "You're a Cowboy fan, aren't you?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Great stat for you. St. Louis has played in an NFC Championship game and Super Bowl much more recently than Dallas has, and that's not going to change as long as Jerry <laughs> Jones is the owner and the uh, gen- general manager of the Cowboys. They are not Cowboys. going. They are not going to play in the Super Bowl. Can you imagine that Cowboys team last night? Granted, they beat the Giants fourteen to nothing." How are they going to sack up against the San Francisco 49ers?
3: They aren't. Uh yeah, love I, to see
2: that. I man, that 49ers team, man. That was that was impressive. <laughs> it's,
3: it's, yeah, yeah too. Yes. Yeah, Ken, impressive.
1: Ken Hitchcock used to say this is gonna be a man's yeah, that's game.
3: exactly what that was.
10: <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> take or leave Aaron Rodgers has transferred ownership of the Bears to Jordan
10: Loss. Uh, I oh, saw that take certificate. You. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 oh yeah, heard, yeah. yeah
6: that,
1: that did indeed happen. Yeah. A
2: transfer of title. <laughs>
1: I, I, yeah, yep. I saw that did you guys see the title? Mm mm. Okay, yeah. It's uh That's hilarious. Yeah, here it's it's uh, there you go. It's on the Twitter machine. <laughs> Bill of sale. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. Over. <laughs> that is From Aaron Rodgers to Jordan you know, Love, ownership oh, of the Bears. No. that's beautiful. <laughs> awesome. I love Thank it. you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. That's uh, take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Miles Michaelis, a number two starter. Yeah. And Nick Rigon is going to join us as well. Coming up on 101 ESPN.
7: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
9: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
7: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
4: Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough year. Yeah, you know I've had some some games where everything feels pretty good, but you know you know it's been a frustrating, inconsistent year. Uh, you know I got a lot of work to do this off season.
1: That is uh, the Cardinal right-hander Miles Michaelis, who has not been great in the second half of the season. Uh, he has an earned run average of five point six five. Before the All Star break, he was five and five with a four point two three. Since the All Star break, two and six with a five point six five. And yeah, you could say it's been an up and down year. He's not had great run support, but he hasn't pitched particularly well either. And Brooke Carey, uh, it seems as if he's, uh, I, he, he's a justifier. He's, an, he's not an excuse maker, but there is a justification in his mind as to why this year hasn't been as good as next year will be
3: it's I, it's concerning, especially when you already know that the starting rotation was a big story this season and you're going to have a lot of question marks going into next season, because the only thing you know for sure, about the starting rotation for next year is that Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz are supposed to be a part of it. And then when you see this performance in the end from Miles Michaelis, I think this quote that John didn't has that he has in his article from MLB.com is something that really kind of infuriated some people or maybe questioned them because you're worried about the starting rotation and how many pitchers that the Cardinals are going to go get this offseason. Miles Michaelis said, last year I had a good year compared to this year. I'll go back to 2018 and 19 when I had full seasons and see what worked. I'll take those four years. Good, bad, good, bad. If you're taking the on-off thing into account next year, I should be great. So place your bets now on me having a pretty good season next year.
1: I would want to be great every year.
2: (laughs) Well, Randy, then that would be 100%. And we all understand that, you know, we're not... We're not one hundred percent givers here, mm-hmm. so yeah, maybe maybe what he's saying is is spot
3: on. I, I don't know. That's is that a mental thing though? Because that's, that's what concerns me. Is that a mental thing, thing?
2: Because we know the issue for this team the entire season has been the starting pitching, and we came into we've come to grips with understanding that there will be three to four, maybe four new starters next year. It's from somewhere, somehow, maybe in the organization, maybe outside the organization, free agency, uh, trade, whatever the case may be, bringing guys up from the minors, however you get them. But the one thing that I think everyone agreed to was Miles Michaelis was one of the five. Wherever you decided to put him at, he is going to be one of the five, unless he isn't, unless he doesn't perform well enough, and unless he doesn't take care of, the, the business in the way in which he needs to. Now you really have an issue. So I I think that that's troubling what you said, Brooke, the, the fact that on, off, on, off, kind of just mm-hmm. not an ex- what you say? Not an excuse maker, but a, a justifier, a justifier, justifier. Hmm. <laughs> Nobody cares about your justifications. No. People want results. This is a results-driven business. You have to perform well. You have to not allow runs in the first inning before your, op- before, before your team gets on the board. It's just it's happened over and over
1: and over again. And here's the thing. I always talk about giving your team a chance to win consistently. I think this is notable and kind of alarming about Michaelis. Uh, his record is 7-11. and In his wins, his earned run average is 1.34. In his losses, his earned run average is 6.23. 1.34 in his wins and 6.23 in his losses. So that tells me that he's not consistently giving the club a chance to win
3: no and nobody exactly wants to hear that and I understand Miles Michaelis likes to joke around he's not always super serious and he will hold himself accountable in the post game but then when you hear that other part of it that doesn't sound exactly like full accountability and I think frustrating because this season has been frustrating for the fans for the Cardinals for the players everybody involved in the organization and so you don't want to hear like oh yeah this is just a scheduled off year for me and I'll be back next year well that's that's great but how are we supposed to know that that will be the case for next year when you see the performance declining in the way that it has for miles Michaels this season
1: cards at baltimore tonight 535 and you can see that game on ballet sports it was a great weekend over at norwood the ascension charity classic won by steve flesh and right now joining us on the celebrity line is nick ragone from ascension and the ascension charity classic good morning sir and congratulations on a magnificent weekend it was just fantastic
8: It really was. It was a great week. You know, I've been talking to you guys the last couple of weeks. It comes down to weather, and, boy, we had five great days of weather. We had record-breaking golf. I didn't see a a 62 out there, Randy. I know you saw that, but that's after 12 holes for you. But (laughs) To to break Jay Delsing's course record, to do it on Sunday, shoot 19 under, which, again, you know, when David Toms won two years ago, it was 10 under. I mean, it just shows you how good the level of play was. But, man, I couldn't have scripted a better week.
3: Oh, it was fantastic. I saw you out there yesterday, Nick, and you were busy running around, but it was great chatting with you. And it was just such a fantastic event, the weather, everything like that. What can you say about the fan support with everybody that showed up throughout the weekend?
8: You know, St. Louis, we've said it, I've said it, you've said it, we've all said it so many times. We punch above our weight when it comes to live sports. I mean, we, it's not a cliche. We have the best sports community in the country, whether it's the blues, the cards, soccer, NASCAR, now golf. And I mean, we had record crowds all week, again, even surpassing our first year. Saturday was amazing. I mean, the place was packed. And it's just, it's really gratifying to see that, you know, in just three short years, This has become an elite event, and I had Ernie Ells and Bernard Longer unsolicited come up to me and say, this is an elite event on our tour. We look forward to it. We absolutely love Norwood, but most importantly, we love playing in front of the big crowds and hearing the roars. It makes us feel like we were on the big tour again, and and that is super gratifying.
2: Nick, uh Nick, I know you said in the past, I believe you said in the past that this is a 50 week process where you are preparing for the Ascension Charity Classic and it's 50 weeks of preparation and getting all of the things in order. I'm assuming that the two weeks begins now where you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. What do these next couple of weeks look like for you where you're not preparing for, for next year?
8: You know, as I as I told the the team the last time, the first year, let's take about a month off and let's regather. And then by ten thirty Monday morning, I was sending a million texts. So we get about thirty minutes of downtime this morning, and then we're going to start planning for next year. It really is; it's a fifty one week endeavor. And the team, uh, first of all, Mike Null and his team at Norwood, the course was even in better shape than the first two years. And with all the heat we had this summer, that's extraordinary. But uh, my colleagues, Steve Spratt, Dan Sullivan, Tim Heitman, Alonzo Bird. We had a thousand volunteers. I mean, it takes a village, you know. You guys see me in the media a lot talking about it, but there's a village of people to put this together. And the planning really is, Carrie, 51 weeks a year, and then that last week you mostly just pray for great weather, and we've been lucky three years in a row.
1: And uh, Nick, one more thing: the the Ascension Charity Classic in, in three short years has really, in my mind, established itself as kind of the the harbinger of of fall. It's it, this is when summer turns to fall, is when this weekend of the Ascension Charity Classic arrives, and it's a, become a key part of the St. Louis sports calendar. I wanted to congratulate you
8: on that. Thank you, and I appreciate that, you know, and that's a really... That's a really neat thing. And i, I got to say, the state of Missouri has really leaned into this event, our Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. But um, they use this as a way to showcase the state, not just our county, not just our region, but the entire state for the rest of the country. And if you saw the coverage on the Golf Channel, we had eight hours of live coverage, and it was like a love note to St. Louis. And I'm really proud that Missouri looks at this as an opportunity to remind the rest of the country how special we really are.
1: Nick Ragone, thanks for all you do for the community. The charities appreciate it. We appreciate it. I know all the golf fans do. You do fantastic work, and uh, we appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll talk soon.
8: We're going to take a day off. We'll start planning for next year.
1: All right, Nick. Take <laughs> care. Nick Pleasure. Ragone from Ascension and the Ascension Charity Classic with us on 101 ESPN. Again, a dominant performance by Steve Flesh yesterday. He finishes in minus 19 to win the tournament. Coming up next here on the opening drive, where it's eight twelve. 12 Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We're going to talk to Chris Kerber. Chris and I were together on 9-11. We'll reminisce a little bit about that and talk about the Blues. They've got some cool stuff coming up, including today. That's next on 101 ESPN. Crimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Kerker, Opening Drive, 101 ESPN, and we go to the Celebrity Line. Chris Kerber is standing by, the voice of the Blues, and the Blues, we know, are, are getting into it. Uh, they've got uh, Blues and blue, blues and Brews coming up on September 22nd. The Blues well-represented this weekend over at the Ascension Charity Classic and last week during the Pro-Ams as well, and today, the Blues for Kids Golf Tournament. Kerbs, good morning. How are you doing?
4: Randy, it's uh, getting fired up right now. I'm doing great. How are
1: you? Everything's terrific here. I want to start with this, that uh, something that you and I share and everybody of our age and everybody in America that was alive in 2001 knows where they were on 9-11 and you and I and the Blues were in Alaska at training camp. The Blues were having training camp in Anchorage and I'll never forget, I know you won't forget that day either, uh, how striking that was and what an unusual situation it was for you and I.
4: Yeah, you know, we we got up to Anchorage, uh, and we were supposed to play the San Jose Sharks on that first weekend of camp, so we got up there What on, uh, I think it was Sunday, everybody had Monday off, uh, Jimmy Hewer and I went salmon fishing in the upper Kenai River, and uh, I, I caught a salmon, but I caught it on its side, it was a weird way to catch <laughs> a fish, and then uh, you know, th- Tuesday morning, you know, it's early in the morning, it's a, couple, a few hours behind, and My phone rang and it was Scotty Warman and Scotty Warman says, Hey, are you, are you seeing this? I go, what are you talking about? You just woke me up. And uh, he goes, turn your TV on. And then that's when reality hit. And um, we were probably about an hour or two behind the news in terms of uh, just waking up there. So yeah, it was a, it was a really an unusual time. Wasn't it Randy? Because we, you know, at that point, all the airports shut down. We didn't know, you know, when we were going to be able to get home, the sharks never were able to make it up there. So Obviously just a lot of T V watching in the lobby with everybody on that Tuesday and then they said, Well, let's go to the rink and at least you know, start skating and you know and, and kinda of go from there but it was it was really a, a week of not knowing, frankly, if it was gonna be a week, two or three before we'd be able to head home.
1: And a couple of things strike me. Number one, us getting evacuated from our hotel, which was the highest yeah. building in Anchorage. And the FAA lost contact with a Korean Airlines jetliner that said that the, the, the uh, FAA said, uh, send us a ping if, you're, if you've been hijacked. And they sent a ping that said, yes, we have been hijacked. Ooh. So the FAA was worried that our hotel was going to be victimized by a hijacked flight. And we watched these F-15 fighter jets that are uh, shepherding this Korean airliner's jet into Canada. And uh, then the the other part of it that was interesting, and I didn't find this out until the end, but as you said, Curbs, every single flight had been shut down. Well, one of the things they do in Alaska is they fly people out to these remote areas to go fishing. You have no access to communication. Mm. You don't have uh, satellite phones. So all these guys are out there, and they think the plane's going to come and pick them up on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Flights don't return until Saturday. So these guys are out there fishing thinking that the flights have forgotten about them, and they're stuck out there forever. And finally, the planes show up on Saturday, and what the pilots did, smart move, they got stacks of USA Todays, so they get out there on Saturday and say, sorry, I know we were supposed to pick you up on Tuesday, but this happened. Right? Uh, it was unbelievable. It was wild.
4: Yeah, there was there was so much there, and uh, you know, the camaraderie, remember the scouts, like, like you know, yeah, Elaine Vino, uh, you remember? I don't know if you remember. Randy sitting next to him at dinner uh, that night. You and I, you know, were sitting next to him at dinner on uh, uh, might have been Wednesday or Thursday night of that week. And um, you're you became uh, the the team became a no doubt tighter because they immediately became that immediate family because you didn't know when you were flying home. It was. It was really quite a uh, uh, crazy place, and just you know, just the other day, I was looking through a box, I was looking for uh, an old thing that I was looking for for a friend, and I came across the Alaska newspapers um, that I brought home from mm-hmm. that incident. And it was, uh, yeah, well, that was that was uh, that was an absolutely crazy training camp, and uh, to see that happen. So I think it's always important. And you, you know, you started this off by saying those that were alive, and I think it's important for those that weren't to to know what that was all about and what happened because uh, learning from history still is the most important thing.
3: Curbs, this year for the Blues and Cardinals has kind of been uncanny how there's some similarities. I know even more so for the Cardinals because they haven't had this much in their history of a season like this. But it's interesting because Derek Gould at the Post-Dispatch just put out an article the other day that's talking about the Cardinals dealing with the draft lottery and the situation they're in. And it's very similar to kind of what the Blues had to go through, right?
8: You know what? I, I was
4: reading that article. First, I think – I think we got to give some shout outs here to like to the beat writers, whether it be uh, whether it be Denton or Gould or or Rutherford, the Franks, Thomas, Timmerman, because let's face it, they keep us connected with the teams, you know, when we're not in the locker rooms and all that. And they do such an amazing job doing it. So so thanks to those guys. But that article from Derek Gould, I thought was so great. Because when you're talking about the Red Sox and the Cardinals being the only two teams since 1965 when the draft started to not have drafted first or second, and the Blues, until 2006, had never drafted first. But what I I thought was fascinating about it is through the most recent CBA in Major League Baseball, one – Big market team. So the Washington Nationals cannot win the lottery this year because they picked second last year, and that's because of their market size. A team like Pittsburgh can because they're more of a small market team and part of revenue sharing. Now they can't do it three years in a row. Hockey doesn't have that, and hockey needs that. Like, the Blackhawks should not have had a chance at Conor Bedard this year. Now, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of making that because of market size. That's, that's kind of insulting to the fans. Fans are fans. You know, and, and the fans shouldn't, and, and it, so, not about the market size, but you should not be able to win a lottery pick two years or three years running, and we saw the Edmonton Oilers do it, we saw the, the New Jersey Devils do it, we've seen the Buffalo Sabres do it, and I just, I think if you, like if you're bad enough that you're earning a first or second pick, I don't know that you should be earning number one and number two picks in consecutive years. And I kind of love the fact that baseball put it in there. But, yeah, very simply, the other part that just makes you realize, when the Blues picked 10th this year and they took Dvorsky, who, for those that may not know or didn't see the part, but he has been, you know, optioned to his Swedish team, so he will not be here in camp. And and that was okay. That was planned. Um, When they picked 10th, that's the first time they picked in the top 10 since 2008 right and remember they've only had five top 10 picks total since 1988 well you look at the history and, and the cardinals you know with, with with having picked in higher than 13th in the 2000s according to Derek's article man have we seen a lot of good winning competitive sports in st louis because to, to go that long without high picks you've got to be good enough and and, and i think that's a reality st louis sports fans need to understand Curbs, I want
2: to switch gears uh, and just go to last night and the, your New York Giants and
4: what happened in that
2: game. What, what, what did you see? I
4: don't know. It's, it's, okay, first off, I flipped the game on, saw the score, and I'm like, I better be prepared because Carrie's going to bring this up. Uh, you know what? Like... I, I realize that some things go wrong in sports, but that just, when you, when you have your season opener that starts like that, don't you feel like you totally wasted your training camp? Yeah, a little bit.
2: That wasn't, I mean, like, offensively, I mean, it, was
4: it was bad. It was, offensively, it was bad. The protection that I saw in the two quarters I watched was <laughs> awful, and and I'm like, okay, well, I've just come to accept this from the Giants recently. So, all right, next, next, next up. But <laughs> I hated the fact that it was against the Cowboys of all teams. You know, but that's a dude. That's a brutal home loss. You can't do that in front of your home crowd on your season opener, can you?
2: No, that, that's not the way. And a division rival, as you said, the Cowboys, the seven sacks, they were just getting after Daniel Jones. And it made people, it probably brought into a lot of questions about the amount of money that Daniel Jones is going to be paid this year. And he's hey, I, unable blame to perform. Barkley.
4: Yeah. <laughs> blame Barkley. Blame oh, Listen, Blame Barkley. You're either coming together as a team and stuff, and when you're talking about holding out on all that other stuff and they got a plan to go, I'm going to blame the running back until he gets it going.
1: Well, you know what? You might, you might want to develop a little bit of an offensive line. Uh, 26 pressures of Daniel Jones, 7 sacks. Uh, it's, it's hard to win. It's impossible to win in football if you don't have an offensive line. And that offensive line last night was atrocious.
4: Listen, I know fitness is so key, and every, these athletes are so fine-tuned in so many ways, but sometimes you just need, like, that old Washington Redskins line, you know, the Hogs. are Like, like feed them a whole bunch of steak and French fries and stuff, and stretch those pants, make those make those thigh pads look like they're shin guards, and, and just, just beef up the front line.
1: Absolutely. Finally, Curves, you playing in the Blues for Kids golf tournament today?
4: No, listen to this. I got a, I, I got two herniated discs. that came up about a month ago, so I'm disappointed. Are those in your back? This is one of the. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got a well. week
2: back. There
3: you go. He <laughs> already beat you to the punchline. <laughs> Thank you, Curbs. <laughs>
4: uh, uh, but well, okay. Listen, humor me for a second here. Um, I, I got to give a big shout out to uh, Adam Osterman in Advanced Training and Rehab. Uh, he, he, what he's done to help me so far of try to avoid surgery and. I know people have a choice in where you can go for, but the, the, this this organization has been so great over the years. Uh, but it's advanced training rehab and rehab, and Adam Osterman runs the Fenton and the Arnold locations, and he's just been just done Yeoman's work today. He goes, "We're going to do everything we can to make sure we avoid surgery." But anyway, back, back to back to this uh, the Blues Charity Golf Tournament today. It's out at Bell Reeve. Uh, it, it's it's the bi- biggest fundraiser of the year, one of the two biggest fundraisers of the year for Blues for Kids. Randy, it started as a 14 Fund, if you remember, is just a uh, a way to raise some money for Diane Wickenheiser and her three daughters after Doug Wickenheiser passed away at the age of 37 of cancer. And then the Blues alumni kept raising money, so they they started donating it, and it it started from there. Well, in 2015, the 14 Fund kind of morphed into Blues for Kids, which tells a little bit better of the story of what it's about. They donate every year now over a million dollars annually to local charities, and it's been over 13 million dollars since its inception. And uh, it really every single blues player comes out and, and plays. I will be there. I'm going to ride around with Jim McEvely and uh, the Eastside River Transportation. These guys bring four foursomes every year. He uh, it's a barge company and just a, just a nice, generous man. And so I'll be I'll be riding with Jim in a cart for a while, trying to make people laugh and screw up their swings. And but I yesterday we had the brunch and Craig Baruby was there and we were talking to him and 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 I listen. You know how you, you'll see some charity events, Randy, and you see players there, but sometimes you don't see coaches, right? Right. All uh, right. Okay. Since Craig Baruby has taken over as head coach, the entire coaching staff has been at every single one of these events that the players have been at. And I asked Craig about that yesterday. And I and I bring it up because it is – and Randy and, and Kerry, you've probably seen this too – it is not common – that the whole coaching staff shows up to, to everything. And Craig says, we just have a belief as a coaching staff that if our players are there, we should be there too. And I thought that that was such a great line. So, you know, you had Steve Ott and Craig Berube out at the golf uh, tournament over the weekend. Uh, these guys are always at casino night. Uh, and and it's, I, I, just, I just think the way that Craig Berube runs the staff and handles things is amazing. And uh, I think they deserve some props for that
1: absolutely have fun out there today curbs as always thanks for the time we appreciate it and we will talk to you soon have a great week all
4: right thank you i'm hoping by the end of the day i can tie my shoes <laughs> yeah, that's true again how, how long is that back been bothering you uh, oh about a week back <laughs> there you go. well done you're, you're, oh, you're, you're a great
1: fit for this show <laughs> see you curbs
4: <laughs> cheers <laughs> bye
1: <laughs> that is the voice of the blues chris kerber on 101 espn coming up did you win the fight on friday
2: Brandon, I lost Ricky, 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 four Ricky, Ricky. to three by fourteen yards. Oh, mm. there's a is okay. Vinny Testaverde or uh, who was the other one? Who was the winner? Who was the the? Heisman Trophy winner with Carson Palmer.
1: Okay, uh, Carson yeah.
2: Palmer has 14 more yards than Vinny Testaverde.
1: 14 yards. Wow.
2: 14 yards. Wow. Well, sounds like a gotcha question to me. really, really does. There we yeah, go. Yeah.
3: Let's stir no. that pot. Okay.
1: Everybody knows that, that answer. Everybody knows that answer. <laughs> Come on. Especially when you get the... Choices. The fight is next on 101 ESPN. Oh, my
9: gosh. (laughs) You're back to the opening drive podcast on
7: 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner,
9: average Joe listener, And in the blue corner, the Undisputed King.
2: to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis joined by Brooke Grimsley and it is time for the fight and our fighter today again after beating me on Friday is Ricky. Ricky, how you doing?
5: I'm wonderful, Kerry. First of all, I want to apologize for
2: my unsportsmanlike conduct (laughs) last week against you. Oh no, it's it's all good brother. It's not a problem at all.
5: Well, after your other terrible weekend of uh, football, I just I feel terrible for you, so I just wanted to apologize. <laughs> oh, well,
2: that Ricky, wasn't a here, here's apology? the thing, <laughs> here's the thing, Ricky. I, I, you know what? I love a little bit of banter, a little bit back and forth. I hope you have that same energy after this fight. Well, I'm ready to eat my humble pie today. Right. Oh. Uh, uh, know that the talking goes both ways when the losing <laughs> happens. Just so we're clear. Absolutely. All right, you Rick, do You want to give a shout out? I want to give a shout-out. Today
5: is my uh, niece, Kennedy's birthday, so I wanted to wish her a happy birthday. Happy
2: birthday, happy Kennedy.
5: And, uh, thank you. And then I also want to give a shout-out to my wife, Kelly, my daughters, Ashley and Gabby. Hi.
2: Hey, ladies. How are you all doing?
3: Girl dad power. Yes, indeed. Yes. You're, you're girl well, power. You got a
5: lot of pressure on me today, just yes. so you know. Yes, I've had yes you do. i a lot of people uh, talking to me about uh, this fight today, and uh, I feel very nervous but I'm going to do my very best and give 100% like I
2: always do. All right, here go. we go. Adam Wainwright Adam debuted on this day in 2005, coming in as a relief pitcher against the Mets. Which Mets outfielder hit a home run off of him? Is it Carlos Beltran, Mike Cameron, or Victor Diaz? Mike Cameron. Sorry, Cameron. I don't know why I said Cameron. 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 Yeah, yep. Mike Cameron. Yeah, Mike Cameron. Sorry.
3: On this day in 1974, the Cardinals played the second-longest game in National League history, battling this National League squad for 24 innings. Who was it? Was it the Mets, the Giants, or the Cubs?
2: That was the Giants. Puka Nakua had 10 receptions for 119 receiving yards last night, becoming the fourth player in NFL history to reach those marks in their first-ever game. and the first since which... T- which Texan did it in 2018? Is it Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, or Kiki Kuti? Ooh, good question.
5: Is that Kenny Stills? No, no, it, it was Will Fuller. Will Fuller.
3: All right, final last. Answer. Oh, final answer? Yes, sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. Last question. Who is the last player to lead either league, emphasis on that, in doubles in consecutive seasons? Is it Maglio Ordonez, Ordonez Garrett Anderson, or Lyle Overbay?
6: Uh, that was Garrett Anderson. All right, we will double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy character All right. So, Ricky, how you feel?
5: <laughs> I'm not feeling... I'm not feeling terrible. Okay. Uh, I feel like Randy's going to smoke these though, so I'm I'm probably going to lose today. Okay. And that's okay. And I'm going to feel good about myself. Uh, like. uh,
2: well, no, you'll feel like I felt this weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty bad.
5: Absolutely. Okay. Just, just. Uh, pretty bad. All
2: right. Just making sure we're on the same page. Randy, say hello to Ricky. He is. Uh, he's got a little bit of talking in him, so he's ready to roll. I love it. Hi, Ricky. Good morning. How you doing? <laughs> you know what, Randy?
5: I am feeling great. Uh, after this, I'm probably going to eat my humble pie, like I said, and uh, go about my day. But at least I got a chance to face off against the greatest in the history of the game.
1: Well, we appreciate. I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much, and uh, we appreciate you listening and playing today. Thank you.
2: All right, Randy, here we go. Okay, Adam Wainwright debuted. Good luck, Randy. Thank you, sir. Adam Wainwright debuted on this day in 2005, coming in as a relief pitcher against the Mets. Which Mets outfielder hit a home run off of him?
1: I don't remember that game vividly, so I'll do the lifeline. You don't remember that game? I don't remember who hit their, uh, a home run off of Ueno in his Major League debut 20 years ago. Okay. No, I don't.
2: Is it, is it Carlos Beltran, Mike Cameron, or Victor Diaz?
1: I am going to say that it's going to be the most unlikely of those. I'm going to go with uh, Victor Diaz.
3: All right. On this day in 1974 the Cardinals played the second longest game in national league history battling this National league squad for we said 24 innings earlier but it was 25 it was innings. Big
1: McBride screwed the winning run. On a wild throw to first base Who against was the Mets. The team?
3: Okay.
1: There you go. Oh, 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 all nice. right. That was great. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> now, had, I think the Cardinals had, uh, didn't they get nine innings out of a relief pitcher that night or something like that? I think it was <sighs> fantastic. Wait a minute. And everybody, Wait, he's not
2: stretched out, Randy. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell are they doing in 1974? <laughs> Who the hell are you throwing a, a relief pitcher nine? He's not stretched out. So it <laughs> goes
1: against they, all the rules. Yeah. I mean... I must have been in seventh grade or something like that. <laughs> and I can remember vividly all of us kids uh, stayed up and listened to the end of that game until like 3, 3.34 in the morning. And so everybody was talking about it the next day at school. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome.
2: Uh, Puka Nakua had 10 receptions for 119 receiving mm-hmm. yards yesterday, becoming the fourth player in NFL history to reach those marks in their first ever game and the first since which Texan did it in 2018?
1: 2018. 18, so it wouldn't have been DeAndre Hopkins because he would have done it in 2014. So I'm going to go, I guess I'll 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 10 receptions, uh, is it 10 and over 100? Yep. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know if it was Will Fuller or Kiki QT. Those are the two that pop into my head. So I will go because I, I think will Fuller, will Fuller was already a free agent, right? So, yeah, he would have been, become a free agent. Or they traded him. But I don't, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, they probably did trade him after before last season. Um, oh, you know what? I'm going to go with Will Fuller, the fifth.
3: All right. Final question. Who is the last player to lead either league in doubles in consecutive seasons? That's
2: AL and NL. Oh, just, thank you. Just so, that, so we're clear. Yeah. Just so we're clear.
3: Not,
1: so not in the National B- League or anything like that. <laughs> just so either one. in Doubles in back-to-back years. Yes. I? Okay. I've got two names here, both left-handed hitters. And I am going to go local, and I'm going to go with Marp. I'm going to go with Matt Carpenter in 2013 and 2014. I'm just a total guess, but I'm going to go with him. Down. Turn on the mic will help. Yeah. That helps. It well, that usually helps. does help.
6: Audio engineer. We went down to the very <laughs> end of this fight. By the skin of their teeth, does Ricky walk on to Tuesday with a chance at the Hall of Fame? Or does Megamind come in after a long weekend and dash his hopes? Ring that bell.
9: The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Character.
7: The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis, with the most experienced <sighs> club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? <laughs>
6: Just win, baby, Ricky. You got the Drinkwitz reaction from Carrie. Uh, you lost this uh, one two to uh, one. Uh. Oh, that's okay. Uh, again, I knew it
5: was probably going to happen. Uh, I got. I got a cup. So what, one? Yeah, yo, yeah, you got yo, oh, one. Just
2: one.
6: Yeah, <clears> that's <throat> <laughs> awful. It is. It's not great, Carrie, Ricky. Just oh, one. Ricky. It's not great. Carrie's oh, ready Ricky, You that. got any more over
5: there? Good, good effort. Good try. Good try, uh-huh. guys.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> no,
5: go ahead and do all the sounders <laughs> or it'll make me feel better about my day. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, we can, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: do really. so, there, we there we go. go. No <laughs> oh, it's too
0: hot. It's hot, hot, hot. And You ain't first.
2: Your last. Oh, Ricky Bobby. Yeah.
6: There,
2: there you, you go. go. Give me the
5: Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
6: Let's go through those questions and answers. Adam Wainwright debuted on this day in 2005, coming on in relief against the Mets. Carlos Beltran had hit a home run earlier that game, but it was, in fact, Victor Diaz, two outs, two on in the ninth when he went yard off Adam Wainwright. On this day in 1974, the Cardinals played the second longest game in NL history, battling the squad for 25 innings, excuse me, on the typo, and that was, in fact, the New York Mets. Claude Osteen came in, or Osteen came in for the Cardinals gave them nine and a third innings of relief. He allowed four hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. Carrie, you like that? Nine and a third innings of relief for the Cardinals he, there. He, he,
2: his arm had to have fallen off the next
6: day. I think Probably he play play. the next he, day. he wasn't stretched out. <laughs> well, he was, he was a midseason acquisition, so they were like, eh, throw it away. Okay. Uh, Puka Nakua had 10 receptions for 119 receiving yards last night, becoming the fourth player in NFL history to reach those marks on their first ever game. And the first, since Kiki Cootie did it for the Houston Texans, he only caught 28 passes that entire season but he caught 10 of them in game number one and who's the last player to lead either league in doubles in consecutive season is was garrett anderson back in the early 2000s for the angels in 2002 and 2003 matt carpenter led it two out of three seasons uh there was the one in the middle there where he did not lead it and a 2-1 win for randy character today ricky again thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight Uh, i appreciate you guys having me on i
5: want to come back and battle sometime again uh, it was a pleasure to be on. Thank you, guys. Thank you. appreciate Thank it. you.
1: Good job.
3: He's, he was fun. He, he was a, fun he's guy, a good yeah. sport. I, I,
5: love,
1: I like people who we'll see smack talk. Around yeah. right.
6: NCAA tournament time. All right. Sounds good.
3: <laughs> That's usually <laughs> the turnaround That's for time we get another
6: fight <laughs> okay. chance. That's all I'm saying. Coming up, we've got the
1: bird watch for you on the opening drive on 101 ESPN.
9: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
7: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
9: We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive.
1: Cardinals in Baltimore tonight to take on the Orioles. Dakota Hudson will start for the Redbirds. time for a little Bird Watch, and here is Brooke with (whistles)
3: Wits Watch. My bird watch is going to be Zach Thompson, guys. I think that when you're starting to look at this 2024 rotation, that he's continuing to grow and somebody that you could possibly look to. I still do firmly believe that they need to go out and get three starting pitchers. If you say you're going to do that, you need to go do that, especially as we were talking about earlier, and I think you're going to touch on CD with the Stars this year and Miles Michaelis. I think you need to go out and get three starters, but Zach Thompson is somebody that I'm very encouraged by. Now, I know that on Saturday he allowed three Three runs on five hits and three walks while striking out six. There was a moment there just for a short time of that game where there was a little bit of concern. But the way that he was able to battle back in it and stay in it, I think, says a lot about him. Because we know we've talked about it this season. We didn't like how the Cardinals kind of basically jerked him around all season. It was not great to see. And to see him kind of getting that more defined role and him starting to shine in it, I think, says a lot. And his ERA is continuing to improve. you look over his last seven games, his ERA has improved to 3.71. And he talked about on Saturday about how he didn't exactly have his best stuff, but he's gaining confidence.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Didn't have my best stuff, Um, you know. He was giving me up, so so we worked with it. Um, you know, Wilson, Wilson kept me in it and just grinded through it.
3: I like what he said. Well, also, eh, we're we getting some interesting no- noises from people. Yeah, that it's was another favorite. one. We can add that one. But also <laughs> to hear him point out Wilson Contreras helping him battle through it and stay in it, I think, says a lot, too. And hopefully they can, can, can continue to develop that relationship.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully, because... We're about to get into some starting pitching now. I don't I don't need a bird. Hmm.
3: Oh, is this yeah. a dropping? Oh, yeah. oh Rocky excited. Yeah, he's, he's thrilled. Let's
2: go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you. So we we talked yep, keep going. We we talked about Miles Michael is yep, 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 yep. We talked about Miles Michaelis earlier and just when we're looking at this starting rotation for twenty twenty four, we need some guys. Stephen Steven Matz is hurt. Uh Matthew Libertor eh, <laughs> <laughs> we got Dakota Hudson, who has done a great job. So I, I want to give you all some numbers. I'm looking at these numbers, and there are only two starting pitchers for the St. Louis Cardinals with winning, winning records this season. Both of them, fortunately, will be in Baltimore this weekend, except one plays for the Baltimore Orioles in Jack Flaherty, and the other one is Dakota Hudson, who is six and 6-1. The starting pitching has not done good enough all season long, and so when you're going into 2024 – it is going to be vital for this organization to go out and spend money on starting pitching. Don't give me the, well, people get hurt or we're not sure what we're going to get in return. We don't want to give up this. If you don't go get starting pitching, you will lose a hundred games next year. Because it, it, it's it was bad enough because you don't have Miles Mike I mean you don't have Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery in the starting rotation to start the year off so if you're not going to go out and get starting pitching for 2024 and that may include this you may have to overhaul the entire starting rotation I don't know Miles Michaelis maybe next year is a better year than this year he said he's on and off every other year he's getting paid 20 million dollars so he'll be here but it has to be better. Steven Matz is getting paid $11 million. He'll be here, but it has to be better. And so I don't know where this Cardinals organization goes in terms of finding starting pitcher pitchers. I don't know if it's figuring out during spring training. If you figure it out via, via free agency or trade during the offseason, as soon as you can, you need to figure it out.
3: Yes. And that's and that's exactly what I was saying. If you say that you're gonna go out and get three starting pitchers, and mind you, John Mo'zaloc also mentioned that even despite what happens in the second half, because you talked about that, remember prior to the second half of the season, even despite that, that's not gonna change how aggressive they're going to be this off season. I want them to stick to that mentality because you can't. As you mentioned there, CD. there's still too many question marks. You hope Steven Matz is gonna be fully healthy, ready to go next season. You hope that Miles Michaels for whatever reason has this history of on and off and then on and off again years even though nobody really likes to hear that but that's still some question marks going into next year and you have to go out and get some more starting pitching however spend money trade all that
1: and one of the pitchers that you are not going to get is one jack (laughs) slatterty if you want good pitching unfortunately you don't go get Jack. And he had an opportunity to really make a lot of money with a great August and September and maybe October for Baltimore. With the Orioles so far, he's 1-2 and two with a 7.16 earned run average. He's been rocked in each of his last couple of starts. He's allowed 35 hits in 27 and two-thirds, a whip of 1.663. That's 1.66 runners per inning for Jack Flaherty. And so far in September, he has been abysmal. And uh, so I, I feel bad for the guy because I was rooting for him t- from the start of his career to to be great. And I don't know if it's a shoulder injury or if it's his pitching or what has occurred, but he's just not good. And he's not going to get the Mike, Miles Michaelis 20. He's not going to get the Stephen Matz 11. He's probably going to get more like the Michael Walker $3 million for one year. By the way, Flaherty so far in September uh, has uh, an earned run average of nine, two games, eight innings, and an earned run earned run average of nine. Unfortunately, Jack is not going to get the contract that he planned on getting after 2023.
2: Disappointed that he won't get to start against the Cardinals while yeah. they're in town. Started mm-hmm. on the
1: ninth, so 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. So he w- and I wonder if they put him back out there again. They're trying to win.
3: Yeah, oh. That's- <laughs> Whoa. yeah. They Whoa. don't have time to just wait around and figure that out. Yeah. yeah.
1: So mm. it's, it's unfortunate because he was an uber talented guy. We all remember the second half of 2019, and many people remember the first couple of months of 2021 when he was the best pitcher in the National League, not even close to that now. And I have to believe, guys, that it's the shoulder injury that has precipitated this. People, pitchers, just don't come back from labrum tears. And that's what he has.
3: Yes, that exactly. And also, too, from a mentality standpoint, I just think that sometimes Jack maybe gets in his head a little bit too much. And he's spoken about that. Even this past offseason, he Hashtag said that he don't was— think. Well, it seems like you're thinking a lot. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the one issue. And sometimes when you get inside your head too much, especially when you're a pitcher, it can go south yeah. really quickly.
1: And I hope with the money that he has made, he's made more than $10 million. I can give you how much he's made. I hope that uh, Jack has set himself up for life financially because you should be able to when you make more than $10 million. And – uh his uh, career earnings, $16 million. So he, I, I hope that he's taking care of his money and he's he set himself up for life because I don't think he has – I don't think that Garrett Cole $324 million contract is in his future.
3: Mm. Nope, not right now.
1: So that's our bird watch or bird droppings here on 101 ESPN. So the Cardinals, just telling you right now, Brooke says go get pitchers. Carrie says go get pitchers. I say go get pitchers. Carrie said maybe even go get five. <laughs> Don't have that guy be one of them. <laughs> the Rush Hour reset's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're
9: back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
7: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
9: We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset.
1: 9.03 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, and Randy Kerrick of the Cardinals after a 7-1 loss in Cincinnati yesterday. And they took two of three from the Reds. We'll open a three-game series with the Orioles tonight. The Cardinals will pitch Dakota Hudson against Kramer of Baltimore, uh, Dean Kramer. And it's a, an early start here in St. Louis. It's a 5:45 start. Let me make sure that I got that right for you. Did, did I... Yeah, 5.45 start for the Cardinals and the Orioles tonight. 5.35 start. Big opening weekend in the NFL concludes tonight with the Jets and Bills kickoff at 7.15. And it'll be DeMar Hamlin's first game since he was uh, since he suffered the cardiac event against the Bengals in a Monday night late last season. So it'll be cool to see him back on the field.
2: Well, look, I thought I read somewhere that he's going to be inactive tonight. Oh. But a healthy scratch. But a scratch nonetheless. Thank goodness he's healthy. Yes. I, I, thought I, I can't find it now. Okay.
3: That's I'm interested to see so. this new Aaron Rodgers era. I yeah, don't know what think, to think. I, think I don't know what
2: to think. I think we're putting so much into it, and I don't know. It's probably just me. I'm just one of Well, no, <laughs> not just you. He's, he's <laughs> one two of the last three Greeny. MVPs in the yeah. whole league. You and Greeny are – Greeny is is insufferable with this oh, yeah. you know, Jets thing. It, yeah. It's – listening to him, ha, he has a man crush on, on – on Aaron Rodgers. On every Jet. Is, 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 well, yeah. But I don't know that this Jets team, I just got to see it. I think it's going to be a good game tonight. I think the Buffalo Bills are the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that that division is going to be an easy win. Just watching Miami play yesterday, they have a 4-by-1 track team in all of their skill positions. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good luck trying to keep up with those guys. We'll see what Buffalo does tonight. I, I would expect Stephon get, uh, Diggs to get... Twelve targets with all of the, the the conversation that he had in the offseason about whatever he was frustrated about. I I just think that they're going to be it's going to be a really good game, but I think the Buffalo Bills are the better team right now, and and we'll see. Maybe the Jets do take a step forward.
3: I just selfishly want Aaron Rodgers to at least do well for fantasy sure, well, purposes. Totally. That's Always. what that is. Yeah. Oh, nice, yeah. nice.
2: Yep. That's the only thing that matters, really.
1: One of the notable games yesterday was the successor for Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, in the Packers' 38-20 win over the Bears. It was a 10-6 Packer lead at halftime. Then Aaron Jones scored on a one-yard run to make it 17-6. And then midway through the third quarter, it was Jones again from Love. Four-man rush. Love has
9: Jones in stride.
10: Aaron Jones racing to the end zone, and he's in! Touchdown, Green Bay!
1: and green bay rolls 38-20 love 15 of 27 for 245 and three scores a lot of good things came out of that for the packers and a lot of bad things by the way came out of it for the chicago bears well i mean it's
2: just it wasn't great for the bears but jordan love looked really good and i think he's going to be a really good quarterback going forward i think the 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 packers and their staff understood that that's why they were Okay with moving Aaron Rodgers, moving on from him and, and saying Jordan Love has been here, this is his fourth year. You had to give him an opportunity because you gotta know if you're gonna pick up his fifth year option. You gotta know what you're doing for the future of your franchise. Uh, it looks pretty solid. Yeah. And, and the Green Bay
1: Packers look like they'll be pretty solid in the NFC North Division. Meanwhile, today is nine eleven and when teams came back from the the tragedy of nine eleven in two thousand one. Everybody had their celebrations. There was a famous Mike Piazza home run when the Mets came back, and specifically in New York, because they were attacked by... Uh, the the airplanes on 9-11. But the Cardinals came back on September 17th. They were str- stranded in Milwaukee, kind of like mm-hmm. during COVID. They were stranded in Milwaukee during 9-11. And then they came back to play on Monday, September 17th, against the Brewers here. And before the game, the legendary Hall of Fame Cardinal broadcaster Jack Buck, who had an affinity for writing poetry, he went to the microphone behind home plate, and this is what he had to say.
10: Since this nation was founded under God, more than 200 years ago, we have been the bastion of freedom, the light that keeps the free world aglow. We do not covet the possessions of others. We are blessed with the bounty we share. We have rushed to help other nations, anything, anytime, anywhere. War is just not our nature. We won't start, but we will end the fight. If we are involved, we shall be resolved to protect what we know is right. We've been challenged by a cowardly foe who strikes and then hides from our view. With one voice we say, We have no choice today. There is only one thing to do. Everyone is saying the same thing and praying that we end these senseless moments we are living. As our fathers did before, we shall win this unwanted war. And our children will enjoy the future we'll be giving them.
1: Jack was a very proud World War II veteran. He was a Purple Heart uh, Award winner for being wounded in World War II and uh, obviously had great affinity for this country. And uh, that is one of the legendary speeches that were made after 9-11 or that he ever made.
3: That's what I was going to say. It was one of the best speeches, especially after what had happened. So many people are searching for guiding voices and Jack Buck just he did exactly that. The way that he went about that poem, the cadence, everything, the delivery and just the way that he wrote it perfectly encapsulated what this country needed to hear at that moment. And I remember being a little girl and even noticing that. And I was like, what? I don't I don't fully understand what's happening here. But that speech was something that all of America needed.
2: It, it I mean, that moment that the moment of what took place on 9-11, I remember I think everyone remembers vividly where they were. We were on on the quad in in college, and and I remember uh, one of my teammates coming and saying, "Man, yeah, did y'all hear what happened?" We were all just sitting there, and so we all went to the facility, and and then we watched as the 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 planes, you know, saw the buildings falling. It it just was such a surreal moment to be there watching it and not knowing what in the world was going on. The fear that I think was. For everyone involved in the country, just not knowing what the future hold held for us it was a it was a real moment and i'm i'm thankful that we are we were able to get through that i'm thankful for the the firemen and, and the, the 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 firefighters the the police officers that were there mm-hmm. to help those people that were able to survive. It was just a, a real moment um that, that will never be forgotten.
1: And sports was a big part of helping us recover whether in New York it was the Yankees going to the World Series. We mentioned the Piazza home run and, and the Mets having a great year here in St. Louis. Not only that but then the Rams playing their next game out in San Francisco and both teams together spreading the flag across the field. I remember the Giants played in Kansas City and there were all these uh, I Heart New York signs in Kansas City and sports was a big part of the healing process. Something that will never completely erase. Recover from, which is a good thing, that uh, we we remember 9/11 every single year and remember what was done to us, and hopefully that uh, we'll uh, be able to protect ourselves from that sort of evil as the world evolves and and we go through it. I agree. All right, that is our look back at uh, 9/11. Coming up, has Miles Michaelis' recent stretch put into question his spot as a number two starter next year? That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
7: back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Mixed stuff. curveball wasn't there as much as he would have
5: liked. Um, some loud contact early. Left some pitches up late. And it uh, took some pretty good swings off of him today.
1: That is the Cardinals skipper, Ali Marval. After yesterday's rough outing for Miles Michaelis of the Cardinals, as he falls on the season to seven and eleven. Michaelis five and a third. allowed five runs on seven hits, two strikeouts, and one walk. The Cardinals talk about making the switch to uh, swing and miss. Type organization and they have Miles Michaelis under contract and obviously they made that decision to make that change well after spring training when they gave Michaelis the two year forty million dollar extension but he ha- he does not miss many bats and unfortunately uh, because he's highly competitive and he has pretty good stuff but in the second half his season has just fallen apart two and six with a five point six five earned run average in the second half sixty three and two thirds innings seventy four hits and uh high whip in the second half of the season. 5.65 ERA is the most notable and scary number for Miles post All-Star break. So the question is, you look at him right now and what he's been since the All-Star break, and you can even look at the whole picture if you want. It's not great. Is he a
3: number two? No, that's nope, <laughs> nope, nope, and nope. I haven't even thought, because I've heard you say a couple of times mm-hmm. that you've slipped it in there, that you think that he'll be a number 2 for next season. There's absolutely no way that he's going to be your number 2 for next season. I thought maybe three at best. With, with this recent performance, I don't know how confident I, I, confident I even feel in that. Maybe a four or five. The swing and miss stuff, I think it's great that the Cardinals are going to switch over more to that pitching philosophy, because... We've talked about it. C.D. You talked about it earlier. That's the difference maker for teams. I get that not every single guy needs to be that way, and mm-hmm. I know that Moseley has mentioned that too. But that seems to be where the league is going, and you got to get ahead or be at least on track with that trend.
2: Yeah, I I've thought about this a lot as well, and you know, I think he's a guy that's gonna eat up innings. Hopefully, that's that we know he's 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 one gonna of the get top. back
1: to one hundred eighty five, hundred ninety innings. This we year. hope. He's at 176
2: now. We hope that that continues going forward. But the stuff or being able to get guys out, if you're looking for swing and miss, which you talked about the philosophy of what the Cardinals are trying to transition into, he's more of a pitch-to-contact type of pitcher and has been Mm -hmm. his entire career. So I I don't know where I I hope. Again, I hope he does better next year. Right now he, he hasn't done a great job. All, all season. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next season, if if it's better. But I agree with Brooke. I don't know that he's a number two. So that means you are in the offseason looking for a number one, a number two, and also a four and a five. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it's, I, if you trust Dakota Hudson, maybe. Do you trust Zach Thompson? Maybe. I don't think they trust Matthew Libertor. The Cardinals have to rehaul this entire pitching staff from starters to relievers to potentially closers because – who, do you trust Ryan Helsley? You got a no. great theme song, Is got a great theme
1: Yeah.
2: But do you trust him to to go get 30 saves, you're 25 do it for saves? Six months. There you go. So you're looking at replacing what 10
1: pitchers? Maybe, maybe. That's no. that's crazy yeah. to me. To your point about swing and miss stuff. This is a career low for strikeouts per nine for Michaelis at 5.9. His previous career low in St. Louis was 6.2. So he's down in that area. He's allowed a league-high 93 earned runs this year. He's also allowed a league-high 197 hits. But to his credit, he's taken the ball he's got a league high 31 starts. So he is going to give you innings, but what I'm talking about there profiles as a number 4 or a number 5, preferably a number 5, maybe even based upon what you see the last two months. If you're going to slot these guys, who's going to start the fifth game of the season for you against another team's mm-hmm. fifth best starter? Michaelis at 5 and Thompson at 4, and then you go get a one and a two. And you unfortunately you know that Mats is going to be not unfortunately, but you know Mats is going to be here and he's got to be uh, he, he can't be a front of the rotation guy. He can't be a one or a two. So there you have it. Your three, four, and five probably in Matts Thompson, Michaelis.
2: You you I, anyway, yeah.
1: You trust Thompson over Dakota Hudson right yes. now.
2: I do. Yes, you you yes. want to see Dakota? You rather see Zach Thompson over Dakota Hudson?
3: Yes, okay. I think I that Zach Thompson has way more of an upside than Dakota Hudson, especially Dakota if that's wins. what you're looking. At.
1: Uh, he finds a way. Mm-hmm. Now, he you, does. You, I give you, him credit for you that. Said don't yeah. consume it, but he's six yeah. and one. So oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and I, I like him, and I. I will have him in a competition. Mm-hmm. I'm not handing a job over to Zach Thompson, and I prefer to not hand a job over to Matthew or Michaelis. I know for a fact that Michaelis is going to be there because he's going to make $20 million. But if you're going to put your best guys in there, Dakota Hudson might be a more effective Prospect for you as a starting pitcher next year than Miles Michaelis.
3: Yes, the way that Michaelis is performing right now, you you said it exactly right. It's he's profiling more as a number five. That's what he seems like right now. If you're looking ahead and you're penciling in guys for next season. I do like the upside of Zach Thompson. I think there's a lot there, and I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. But with Miles Michaelis, and maybe, you know, he said earlier, and I'll read this quote again, about that he's had these on years and off years. That's also something that is, concerning to me i don't know it's if i exactly feel better after this quote but he said last year i had a good year compared to this year i'll go back to 2018 and 19 when i had full seasons and see what worked i'll take those four years good bad good bad if you're taking the on off thing into account next year i should be great so place your bets now on me having a pretty good season next year are you guys placing your bets that mm. it will that that's what that is because that is that a mentality thing or is there something more concerning there
2: i think it's I- I think I'm not concerned at all. Well, I think the fact that he said that is interesting.
3: I mean, and he likes to goof around.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I I can see that. I can see him saying, you know, this year isn't great, but, you know, next year should be should be my year should be a good one. (laughs) I I hope he's right. I hope he's I hope that's accurate. Um, But I just don't know. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the the, issues, the issue that the Cardinals have right now. They do not know. They came into this season, and they told us we got six starters. And when it boiled down to it, two of them were, were traded. Uh, one of them hasn't pitched particularly well at all. And a couple of other ones have been injured and, and just not really getting what you need to get out of them. So it's you just don't know until guys go out there and perform and do the job that's asked.
1: 2009 San Francisco Giants finished in third place in their division didn't make the playoffs. 2010 San Francisco Giants won the World Series. 2011 San Francisco Giants finished second in their division out of the playoffs. 2012 San Francisco Giants won the World Series. 2013 San Francisco Giants finished 76 and 86 third place in their division, didn't make the playoffs. 2014 San Francisco Giants won the World Series. So yeah, you you give me bad good bad good bad good as long as I'm winning the World Series every other year,
3: I'm cool. <laughs> So Miles you, you,
2: just—you can handle
3: that. Yeah. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Is that what you're saying is yeah, going to happen? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, if it wasn't for that pesky World Baseball Classic, that's just really what well, derailed everything.
1: There you go. Thank you, Brooke. That's
3: that's the root of the problem, right? Yeah. The, that's, the other part that's of this
1: guy—we we talk about replacing starting pitchers, but Carrie, you mentioned this. You, you're probably bringing Gallegos back because he's under contract, but you really don't love it, right? You you don't want to bring Andre Palante back, do you?
3: I, no, I don't. Oh. Do you want Sorry, to bring back Chris
1: Vonderhaar? He's, a free, he's the only free agent they have. No, you don't. you let somebody else sign him. Yeah, like that's going to happen.
3: But the bullpen <laughs> is easier to reconstruct, Randy. though. What? No, Randy. What?
1: what? what, what Did I say that a lot? I was thinking. <laughs> I yeah. don't like yes. him to say that <laughs> loud. Very loud. What's going on here? But uh, is, is Jake Woodford, is he, is he a guy that you want in a major league? Uh, let me uh, put it this way. Can you envision Jake Woodford being in your bullpen in the playoffs?
2: That, that, no. no, that's why I said you're looking at potentially yep. replacing ten people, yep. Yep. at least four, three to four starters, and, and five to six people in that bullpen. I, the only one that I think, and I said this last week, that I'm really comfortable with right now is JoJo Romero.
1: Well, I'm at, looking, but I'm looking at the baseball reference page. What about Cabrera? Because Cabrera's got really good numbers. He's um, not
3: with us anymore. No, he's
1: gone. He's he 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 doesn't pitch for the Cardinals.
3: He's anymore. gone. Oh. That would have been nice, though. Never mind. Yeah, never nice. Chris what Stratton we... is,
2: but Chris Stratton is still. Uh, he you know oh. he, he did a fantastic job. He's doing a fantastic job for us. So I I, I think next year for him, for CD, it, he, he's
3: he's not here anymore either. What? He's not here anymore. Well,
2: at least we got the flamethrower Jordan Hicks. He's he's no, got gas. No. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's
0: <laughs> no! He's, <laughs> no. He's thing. Oh my They're no, all
2: He's not here either. No, they're all good. Never mind. <laughs> So you need 10 guys, huh? That was three. It need
9: 10.
3: This is expensive. This is an expensive offseason.
10: Yeah.
1: Uh, by the way, the latest oh, on Hennessy's uh, Cabrera: 22 games for the uh, Blue Yays, uh, an 0.48 earned run average. 18 oh, and two-thirds innings, he's allowed 10 hits and struck out 14.
3: And They just let him go, huh? Maybe he's 26. Maybe they traded
1: him because he was too old. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why they DFA'd him. <laughs> I mean, that's why he's not here anymore. Uh,
3: he's
1: too old. Yeah, it's, um,
3: he's too old. That's what it was. So bottom, that's why they let him yeah, go, right? That's yeah. what it was.
1: Bottom line: I would love to, because he's a, a good guy and he's uh, he, he's a committed cardinal. I, I would like to be able to envision Miles Michaelis as a number two or a number three next year, but we can't. That's the thing. We, w- if you're being rational, you have to look at the Cardinals as having to pursue NOLA and pay him the $30 million or whatever and make the baseball trade. And somebody texted in and said, well, when's the last time a 40-home run guy was traded for a pitcher? Well, what happens is great p- players in baseball now get traded for prospects. That's mm-hmm. the way it works. You don't have baseball trades anymore. But that would be a baseball trade. If you trade a Gorman... In a deal to get a cease, that would be a baseball trade and not a typical Verlander for prospects or Scherzer for prospects or any other player that uh, that gets traded. By the way, I'm not trading for Mike Trout either. But uh, too, the, too many injuries? Yeah, too many injuries. <laughs> okay. But uh, I do think the Cardinals need to make a baseball trade for a number one because I don't think there's two really legitimate number ones on the market this offseason now. No. I think Nola's the only one. Whew.
3: And everybody's going to be wanting him.
1: Everyone is going to be
3: after him. And then the Japanese pitchers, too. I know that they've been brought up in conversation. They're going to be very expensive. And the Cardinals,
1: to their credit, do a pretty good job of scouting those guys. Yes. But they only last for a year or two. Michaelis, uh, KK, Sumwano... They come over and they last for a year or two. So you don't want to give those guys a five-year contract because after that, for whatever reason, they fall off with the Cardinals.
3: Yeah, who knows? Yeah.
1: Uh, coming up next year on 101 ESPN, it's overreaction or overrated? Which NFL week one flop is a real sign we overrated a team or just an early season overreaction? It's next on 101 ESPN.
7: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: overreaction Monday in the National Football League. Which NFL week one flop is a real sign we overrated a team or just an early season overreaction? Matthew, what do you got for us games-wise?
6: All right. So let's we'll go this in in, you know, not so terrible off the bat cuz we know which which games were the worst ones. So I'm I'm going to give you one right now. The Vikings with that touted offense, obviously no Dalvin Cook, but you still have Justin Jefferson, no Adam Thielen as well, but you still have Justin Jefferson, and Jordan they fall Jackson. to a team led by Baker Mayfield, whose wide receiver will not be there, maybe by the trade deadline in the in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 20 to 17. So overreaction or overrated the Minnesota Vikings? Overreaction. Oh, oh the really?
1: Are, they'll be fine. It's the first game. I don't know a, The about Buccaneers that. still have a lot of good players. That's a team that was a Super Bowl team a couple of years ago. They still have a lot of good players. Baker Mayfield was in the playoffs two years ago. You know, people joke about Baker Mayfield. He but beat the Steelers in a playoff game yet, a couple of years since ago. Then? What?
3: What has Baker been doing the past two years? Well, a few years.
1: It's a, he played for the, perhaps the worst organization overall in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Right? That's true. I'm, I'm going to say uh, overrated for the Vikings, Ooh. and the reason being they won 11 of their 12 games one possession last season, which if things kind of even themselves out and you win half of those games, you're going to have a worse record than you did last year. Uh, the loss of Dalvin Cook I think is going to be big on them. I, Alexander Madison is a good running back. He is not Dalvin Cook, and I I talked about this, this war analytic for a reason. He's the replacement because he's not as good. So... Um, no offense. With all due respect to Alexander Madison, um, I just don't think they're going to be as good. And defensively, they were not good last year. You cannot lose to the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that fashion in which they did at home yesterday. It just it's not a team
3: you should lose to. I'm going to say the exact same thing. I think the 13 and four record last year was just an outlier. Uh oh. Oh no, oh, no, not uh-oh. the coffee spill. A Did bit. you get it? Oh, you didn't get it on the laptop. <laughs> nah, sorry. Bit. Sorry, everybody. We just had a crisis. <laughs> it, if only the YouTube a, was up. You could, you could see one, to, how well dressed almost, we are. And then you could to, see uh, that. Yeah. Hit the, hit the button
10: on me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but just to finish it off, I, I maybe see the Vikings getting 10 wins this year. I think that there's a lot more. Weren't they just four point favorites going into that game, too? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just not they, uh, not too high on the Vikings right now. No,
2: I don't. I don't think that the Vikings are. I don't, know, I don't have high expectations for them
3: this year. Whatever happened to that texter that like Texas texted oh, us said well, every day. He's been
6: awfully quiet about his quarterback Uh-oh. He's throwing picks
1: and turning the ball over like crazy. Uh-oh. His quarterback was thirty three or forty four for three forty four and a couple of
6: touchdowns and uh, one
1: interception. Didn't
3: they turn he the, he ball gave, gave the ball over three times? There's, or Am I just imagining that?
6: And two of them, both of his lost fumbles and his interception.
3: Turn the ball That's over three great.
6: times. Yeah, don't do that. It was rough. Let's move on to another quarterback who had a very rough game, and he didn't even get the yardage in there alongside the turnovers, and that was Kenny Pickett and Kerry Steelers. They lost 30-7 to <sighs> against the 49ers. Same question, overreaction or overrated? It's going to be an overreaction for me because okay. the, <laughs> they so. played
2: probably the best team in the NFC. Uh, The Eagles didn't look fantastic against the the New England Patriots yesterday. So I'm going to say that the the San Francisco 49ers are going to be in the NFC Championship game almost for sure. And so looking at that, when you're playing that good of a team, I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Offensively, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they got to figure it out, man. They got too much talent on that offensive side of the ball. They got a good tight end. They got good receivers. They got a good running back. Very good young quarterback who I think is going to be very good. It it, it, is... I don't know. What's that you, leave? It leaves the, the offensive line yeah, and, the, and, the and the offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator. That's
1: why I think overrated, because yeah. I, I think they're being held back by their offensive coordinator.
3: I'm going to say overreaction. I just don't believe that Mike Tomlin will, and you know Mike Tomlin well, C.D., obviously. I just I think that he will find a way to get this yeah, team back. Yeah, and the 49ers, I mean, my God, those really are men. Those yeah. are, That's that team, is a man. real deal. It's
1: yeah, really they're kind of scary. Yeah.
6: Another big win for an AFC West squad, the Los Angeles Rams over the Seahawks, 30-13. to The Seahawks looking like they might uh, take over that behind the 49ers as a wild card team, but the Rams struggling, but they did not struggle in week one. Overreaction or overrated, the Seattle Seahawks. Overreaction.
2: I agree. Yes. I, I mean, Geno Smith threw for like 118 yards, something like that. It wasn't, he didn't have a stellar day. It was uh it was it wasn't hundred what did he throw
6: 112, uh, 112, 112, 112 yards on sixteen attempts it,
2: it wasn't a stellar day for them offensively. Um, I Matthew Stafford a healthy Matthew Stafford makes a difference though I will tell you that he didn't he, he does not having him last year and and having all of the guys Woodford Watford, and and Perkins <laughs> mm-hmm. and guys you don't even know who the heck they are.
1: Well, here's the thing when you look at the the Rams defense yesterday these were their tackling leaders. Ernest Jones, Jordan Fuller, Christian Roseboom, Byron Young, then Aaron Donald, then Darion Kendrick, Michael Hecht, Akello Witherspoon, Jonah Williams, Russ Who Yeast. Who are these guys? Kobe Turner. So give them, give uh, uh, the old uh, Buccaneers head coach, their defensive coordinator. Um, oh, Raheem, Raheem, Raheem Morris. Give, Morris. Give him some credit, but. Uh, this is League of Stars, and that's not a group. It's not a star-studded no, defense. No, that, that, that's and, not a group that you're going to win with. Any <laughs> worries
6: that, that Pete Carroll and that usually solid Seahawks defensive backfield gives up 200-yard recept, uh, reception games to Tutu Atwell and uh, Puka Nakua? That if, should be a little bit of a concern.
1: There, nope, that's... Uh, if anything is going to get fixed, it's that talent in the Seattle secondary with Pete Carroll. If anything on that team is going to be fixed, it's their defensive backfield.
6: There's right. some sixth rounder none of us have heard of right now who's going to be a starter in like I mean, week six who's going to be, be dominating. Yeah, yeah. Or him too. Yeah. Um, two of the big losses from the weekend. These are going to be arguably the two biggest games. Let's go to the one from earlier in the day yesterday. The Bengals getting trounced in Cleveland. They lost twenty four to three to their NFC AFC North rivals. The Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, the big money quarterback, overreaction or overrated? I'm going to
3: say overreaction. I think think Joe Burrow, it was not a great game, as we talked about earlier with that, but I think that that's not going to be what you're going to see this season at all from the Bengals.
2: Yeah, I would say overreaction as well. It wasn't great. It looked (laughs) awful. Joe (laughs) Burrow looked sluggish and slow and looked like he was hurt. The second half, he moved a little bit better. I don't know if it was the weather, if it was just taking him a while to get warmed up. He didn't look like himself, but I think it's an overreaction because the Cincinnati Bengals, they didn't even, they couldn't get T. Martin involved. I mean, T. Martin, T. Higgins involved. Mm -hmm. You
1: know T. Martin. Yes. uh, You love the balls.
2: Yes. They couldn't get T. Higgins involved in the game plan, Uh, but I think they'll be okay.
1: I think it's easy to say overreaction. Because of yesterday, do you not believe that the Browns are going to be a playoff team? Oh no. no. And because of yesterday do we believe that the Bengals are not going to be a playoff team? No. We're, no. We're so, overreaction. And by the way, yeah. I, I don't know about you guys. I do not like seeing Deshaun Watson succeed. No.
6: I
3: just But don't. but honestly, what he did you guys think good. of him in that performance? He, he
6: wasn't that good. He was just, I did, he was that's why I say it wasn't there.
3: that good. Yeah.
6: yeah. I mean, the, the highest guaranteed money ever for a quarterback,
3: not not for that. It did performance? not look like that. No.
6: Speaking of big money quarterbacks
3: not having a very
6: good game last night, the Cowboys blank big money Daniel Jones and the Daddy Giants Dimes. 40 to 0 I mean, Daniel Jones the by the way, the third most cash for a quarterback <laughs> over the next 3 seasons, the New York Giants with their big time running back and their big time quarterback and no offensive line in front of them, overreaction or overrated. Oh, this is an
2: overrated for the New York Giants. The, you you opening night at home division rival you give up a blocked punt. You give up a, 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 an interception for a block punt for a score. An interception for a pick six. It just and how many sacks did they allow? Seven. Seven. Five forced
1: fumbles. Yeah.
2: They, two they, interceptions. Twenty six pressures. I think it's an overreaction to think Dallas's defense is that good. Sixty two percent.
3: You're saying this? The Cowboys yep. are going to be this good all the time?
2: <laughs> but I I think well I, I just think that the 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 New York Giants did not show up last night. It was, they, it's overrated.
3: Their O-line, I don't know how you explain that. And I, and we were talking about this earlier with players and especially if you're making a certain amount of money, is he making what, 40 million a year? Mm -hmm. I believe Daniel Jones. And I get like protecting your quarterback, you protect him during the preseason, but then you throw him in a game like that where he's getting absolutely destroyed I don't know. It kind of defeats the purpose. And the of fact that.
2: that he didn't want to come out of the game, they didn't bring Tyrod Taylor in until like the last series of mm-hmm. the game.
3: Of course, I, and you like to see that. No, but I don't, you don't uh, want to see that. Uh, but I'm saying for him. But I'm saying for him, he wants to prove that. You want to see that five, right? three and a half, three and three fourths quarters <laughs> to prove yeah, it. Right. He's he trying, trying
1: to prove now. This from Next Gen Stats. It's be Danny yeah.
3: times he has to prove that he has to live up to the namesake. The Cowboys
1: generated pressure on twenty. 23 of 37 dropbacks, 62.2%, the fourth highest pressure rate in a game since 2019.
2: That is ridiculous. Good God. That's
1: tough. Yeah. It's tough so to win like that, man. It is. Uh, and Mike McCarthy, apparently a genius. Clearly. Well,
2: I mean, yeah, <laughs> Jack only threw for 143 yards, zero touchdowns.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so there you have it. Overreaction or overrated on NFL Monday 1 of the 2023 season. Coming up, we're going to give away some tickets. We've got rock or roll here on 101 ESPN. You're
7: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
9: Let's
1: rock! Let's rock today. So you guys know that I did not get the best grades in school, right? I wasn't really into the school thing. Yeah, but I did pay attention. We saw that report card. Yeah, yeah. I, I did pay attention in government class. So we get a text from the six three six that says, "I was banned from the one hundred and one <laughs> no. ESPN YouTube channel. This violates my First Amendment rights because all I ever did was state my opinions." So that's from the 636. Okay, so the First Amendment gives you the freedom of speech so as not to be prosecuted and say what you want so that you can't be arrested for what you say. Now, this has gone to the Supreme Court. You can't yell fire in a movie theater. But come on, people, pay attention, a little attention in school. YouTube and your First Amendment rights are not the same thing as... as being out on a street and voicing your opinions before a cardinal game. You have the right to do that, and the government can't stop you. If you go to YouTube, and by the way, this has nothing to do with you not being on YouTube today, but uh, you can't put anything you want on YouTube. Now, here's the point is YouTube has suspended us because apparently we're imitating somebody. We don't know who. As Matthew suggested, we may be imitating a quality radio show. I don't know. But, but, um... (laughs) <laughs> but here's the thing: uh, we would love to be on YouTube today because we're all dressed up. Uh, Brooke looks like she walked in from a wedding reception. Yes, yes, yes. It's incredible, Very dressed beautiful. Up beautiful. Today. Do you guys uh,
6: know how much tuxedo rentals cost? Yes. I know.
1: Carry three-piece suit. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I feel underdressed with the
2: blazer
3: and the tie today. We
2: came prepared. <laughs> For our fans to see us, and unfortunately,
3: they they can't see our attire. we, look no, we took a lot of time and effort. <laughs> yeah, fabulous. Yes. YouTube was
1: in a front to our First Amendment rights. Yes. yes. Yes.
3: Oh, that's that's where it is. Just <laughs> also a reminder, and I don't know if this is the case because once again, the only reason if you're looking for YouTube today, it's because as you mentioned there, that being that they think that we're impersonating somebody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they're working on getting it fixed. But just a reminder, everyone, hate speech is not protected. Right. I'm just going to throw that out there. Thank you. You got to be careful. Appreciate
1: yeah. that. Uh, the First Amendment provides that Congress make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting its free exercise. It protects freedom of speech, the press, assembly, and the right to petition the government for redress of grievances. So there you have the First <laughs> Amendment. It doesn't mention in 1776. Let me read this again. Uh, no, no, it does not mention YouTube. No. No. Hey, we got Bum Bizer no. Bash. <laughs> Did you guys all enjoy the uh, the Guns <laughs> N' no, Roses concert No, I no, no. no! was, was so sad. Unfortunately,
2: I think due to illness, it was postponed. Oh, it, post- it was an all- illness. Okay. Yeah. Well, hang
1: somehow. on to your tickets because the event organizer apparently working to reschedule that baby, I yeah. just learned.
2: <laughs> got to get him yeah. back in the fold. I so was
3: very disappointed because I had tickets to that and I was super excited because i was like okay do i do guns and roses or do i go to remember i was having this yeah. debate with you on friday i was like do i do guns and roses or do i go to the mizzou mtsu game and cd was like well you're not going to be able to see guns and roses all the time forever so. yeah. yeah
1: mizzou will be around forever and mtsu will too mm. yes so at i was least sad they were until the end of the fourth quarter they were around they were fighting so anyway <laughs> we, we did, couldn't bring you guns and roses but we can bring you brendan ryan Text in to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night. Are we doing the game today? No, not today. Okay. So you text in to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus Brewers on September 19th. The final Bud Bash game of the season features a limited edition Brendan Ryan bobblehead giveaway. Get all the details for next week's Bud Bash game now at cardinals.com slash promotions or text in now. I've got the question. I, I, I think it's the same question that I was okay. going to have. Uh, text 314-399-9646. 314 for your chance to score those Budweiser bash tickets. Oh, 314-399. Yo! <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, guys. I was,
3: I was I was locked and loaded, but ready to right, go. Yeah. I was <laughs>
1: uh, so that's gonna be awesome. By the way, if you are texter number 29 and can answer this question, when Brendan Ryan Was late to the field. Who yelled at him? When Brendan Ryan in a game in Cincinnati was late to make it to his position. Who yelled at him? Texter number 29 gets the tickets to the Brendan Ryan
6: bobblehead night. Is that what you had? That's exactly the question that I was going to th- throw out as well, and the rest of the, because that's what the bobblehead should have been of. Uh, mm-hmm. The rest yep, of the week, sure. we'll, the rest of the week, we'll uh, we'll go with the grab bag yep. giveaway for the uh, for the Bud Bash. Tickets. Sounds good. And don't
1: forget the Blues and Brews uh,
6: next Friday, September
1: twenty second at Anheuser Busch. Get fired up for the Blues season at this outdoor street party featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox, including appearances by Jordan Binnington Binner. Colton Pareko, Perry, Braden Shen, Schenner, Robert Thomas, Tomer, Justin Falk, Volker, uh, Kevin Hayes, don't have one yet, Craig Ruby, Chief, and Blues Alumni, I'm sure, featuring Chaser, among others.
3: I, Kevin Hayes has to already, obviously, have some sort of Hazy? nickname, right? Kev? 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 Dude, does it have to we'll be a that. Z or R? Er? Yes. Yes. Typically. Kayer, k -K It sounds like k names sometimes. Hazy? Hazy. Is
1: it? Yeah,
6: Hazy makes sense. That's the
1: winner. What would you give
3: them? (laughs) I'm Googling it right now. Okay, Hazy.
1: Uh, (laughs) You also are going to have food trucks out there, 101 ESPN giveaways and more. Tickets for Blues and Brews on sale now at 101ESPN.com. Blues and Brews presented by Bud Light, 101 ESPN, and 92.3 W-I-L. There you go, Blues and Brews, September 22nd.
6: I want to give uh, Carrie and Brooke a big pat on the back. We put in eight bets from the betting slip on Friday. The last segment, mm-hmm. we hit six of our eight Ooh, bets. I oh. mean, we keep doing this the rest of the year. We're gonna be did making some money. money down? The ones that we did, we did put a little money, money okay. We did put a little bit of money. We down did, or you did. We
3: did. did. Yeah, I mean, are we going to see that? <laughs> I
6: mean, do you guys want to share the losses? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm then we'll share, we'll share the wins. Uh, the, y- the ones we lost, we took Utah <laughs> minus seven and a half. They lost. They won the game by just seven. We got Vegas special on that okay. one. We took Texas plus seven, ding. We yep. took that game over 53 and a half, ding. We took Middle Tennessee State with their 20 and a half points to cover. Big old ding there. Never had to worry about that one. Yep. We also took the Jags minus four and a half on the Colts. And we lost on the under in that game. We took the under 46 and a half on that one. Obviously, 31-21. A little <sighs> bit over. And then we also won Buccaneers-Vikings under 45 and a half in that game. And we topped it all off with that big plus 290 City draw win uh, on the line. So, eight total bets. We took six of them. Good job for the first ever betting So Carrie and Brooke.
3: I don't feel great about the City Why I not?
6: Because it's, well, you've I into better. existence. I went against you guys on two of those and we went we went two and two yeah. on those. I'm just going to say, Bucks, the vikings, Bucks yeah. vikings and City, I went on my own and and you guys did great. We took six out of eight. So this is all I'm saying right now. Proof positive. Everyone has to follow our bets on the betting slip on Friday because, I mean, obviously, if we're going to take and six out of eight, mm-hmm. we got this. Go I'll send you my video. the bridge. Yeah. You're gonna- That's what I, yeah, I got to do it. At some point, I got to make a drive. Like, I, I do it. Nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Um, also, I just want to throw this out there. Nick post postgame yesterday. I'll definitely reevaluate some of the preseason stuff next year. Maybe I should have played Hertz a series or two this preseason, and I already have written that in my notes. Do you think this is a common thought process going on across the NFL today? Yes. He, he yes. also needs
1: to think about going for it on fourth and two at his own 45. Yeah, I would have put Fourth and a one. long two. I would, I would have, have too. Mac mean, Jones is not driving 90 against you.
2: Yeah. Right? I mean, they
1: still won, but. You should punt that Yeah, if I get their fourth and one philosophy and it yeah. works But not fourth and long two And b- by the way <laughs> uh, For all of us that are Patriot haters <laughs> It is fun to watch Mac Jones play
3: <laughs> oh, damn. oh man Wow You, see, you I don't mean fun,
6: fun. in a good way like, You can say fun but we know what you're saying yeah. Okay. And by the way I know that cool. his
1: Either fiance or now wife maybe
6: is from here And so probably some Mac
1: Jones fans Listening Sorry. Sorry one more thing it.
6: Carrie, FIBA, World Cup, baby. The United States loses in the semifinals to Germany. I was going to send you that message, but I thought, you know what? Wait wait a little bit. The dream
1: team would never. They they did not. They they got the wooden medal. Yeah, there you (laughs) go. Yeah, they They won the third
6: place game (laughs) against. uh, Come on. Come on. What?
2: What? It wasn't our best. Yeah, it. it, (laughs) <laughs>
3: What's what the name that we yeah. came up? Oh, that's yeah, yes, that is the right reaction. Uh,
1: great job today by our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this was fun. Yes. You look great, by the way. I
3: know. The, I I'm ball. dressed to the nines. How yeah. about that? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic.
6: CD? That <laughs> your face. We want to see your face. Who yes. you did it? You so want so to see my face? Not, tomorrow. Tomorrow.
2: Many Not today. Maybe tomorrow.
3: Oh
6: my yeah, we'll God. see if we're back
2: on but the YouTube But I don't YouTube know tomorrow. if we're going to be dressed like this tomorrow, unfortunately.
1: Uh, this was
3: like a one-day thing. Yeah, and yeah. unfortunately you know?
2: they missed it because
1: YouTube was down. Uh, I am going to wear a one-on-one ESPN shirt. Today yeah, okay. I'm wearing a, just a, a blazer with my shirt. My you look good, shirt. though. Thank you. And you're yeah, you with a three-piece Thank suit. But yes. tomorrow it's you and I are out. doing TV after the show. Yeah, we are. So uh, we're going to dress just, you know, like for TV, casual.
3: yeah you that's typically opposite of how that goes, but yeah, whatever whatever yeah, works.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tim McKernan, a, uh, Ajax coming up, uh, Mac and Ajax with a balloon party. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great Monday, St. Louis. That's right.
9: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
7: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.